0: I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay... And his NB. Episode number 69. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I had to get it in there. That's the... That might be the
1: straightest thing that we've ever done on this podcast. <laughs> but also, like... Never mind. Anyways,
0: um, episode sixty nine. We are so excited to be bringing you another episode of A Gay Is NB. Thank you so much for joining us. Where we are going to be talking all the stuff that we are watching on TV this week, and we have so much that we have to talk about. Uh, but before we do any of that, a uh, few things to get out of the way first. Uh, before we get into anything. Please take the time right now, pause this podcast, and go leave a rating and a review wherever you are listening to us. Whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, it's so helpful to us to get that feedback from you guys that we are always craving. But also it helps us get into the algorithm and seen by more and more people. So anytime you leave that rating and a review, you are doing us such a big favor. Um, So... Pause right now. Come back. Hey, you're back. Um, also, now that you're back, go follow us across our social media platforms on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and threads. All Gay and is uh, where we're posting new content every day, including clips from the podcast, as well as our initial thoughts on things that we're watching, our live tweets, um, just funny stuff and stuff that we're hearing about in the news and, and in pop culture. So be sure to always look out. For our social media platforms To see all of that great stuff We also encourage you to go over to Aganismby.threadless.com Where you can get a variety Of different items that have a variety Of different designs on them that Merlin Has put together, they're amazing designs And you can get them on shirts and on mugs And on stickers and just about anything In between, Um, like I mentioned That's over at agganismby.threadless.com Stop by there today Uh, And you can also uh, Send questions that you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast over to a mb at gmail.com or across the social media platforms that I mentioned. Uh, We may answer those questions on a future episode, so we would love to hear, uh, get your questions in of stuff that you would like us to talk about. Get that in. Send it in. mb at gmail.com. Babe, now that that is all out of the way,
1: what are we talking about this episode? Well... Um, we're going to talk about our Sunday Night Bravo lineup. We're talking about uh, Real Housewives of Potomac. Um, <laughs> look, this episode wasn't nearly as bad as the rest of them have been. That is true. There were there were multiple funny scenes. Yeah. Um, I laughed. I, I, I giggled a lot. I, I giggled a lot. There was a lot of hee hee, a lot of ha ha, a lot of oh ho, 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 my God. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, and, and a lot of talk about swallowing. Um, <laughs> a lot of talk about swallowing. A lot of sex talk across too much shows this week, I will say. But was it too much? It was verging on. I will say, yeah. Um, I was with Karen on that. I was like, can we stop talking? About- what did she call it? Oh, what was it? Oh, I, I don't remember, but it was something, it was wild. It was absolutely <laughs> wild. Um, So we will be talking about Potomac. We will also be talking about our ladies on Married to Medicine. Uh, they've got this cast trip to Napa, Napa Valley over in California. Um, Lovely wine country over there. A lot of going on in the Married to Medicine world and,
0: and sort of outside this episode as well. So this yes, is, this is a um, big
1: one. Uh-huh. And we'll be talking about that. Uh, but before we get to any of that stuff, we're going to get caught up on Hoville. Yeah. House of
0: Villains, new episode. Uh, another really, really fun episode. I got like, I and, and we won't spoil, I mean, not to spoil the ending of this episode, but I I, I feel like a lot of lightness has left this house, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and, and I feel like the, at least the person who went home went out with a bang in many ways and yeah. It was maintained throughout. So, and and like we like we mentioned last week, I would say one of our our new favorite reality stars, at least mine in that case in in, the, in terms of what they brought. To in this terms show. of
1: what they brought to this show, I have heard rumors and nastiness. Oh God! About uh, that person's performance elsewhere. Really, in real life and uh, on other shows, and makes them. Let's just drop the name Bobby Lights. Uh, okay, maybe perhaps is not the best person, but it's House of Villains. Here's the thing so <laughs> I'm not really surprised.
2: I also
0: love, here's the thing I love me an unpro uh, a problematic fave. I love honestly, you know, I love that. That was always my thing with um my love for Wendy Williams. I acknowledged all the problematic aspects of everything that she did but i think you're warranted at least one and now that she is off television i'm willing to give it to bobby
1: right because you know tiffany's not on often enough to be considered a current and she's gotten rid of a lot of her problematicness. Yeah, for she's grown right. a lot over the years um and then wendy um and is unfortunately not on our television screens anymore Oh, and did you see that that thing where she was, like, getting out of the car and, like, stumbled? Oh, which time? Like, recently, where she, like, tried to get into her apartment building, and it was the wrong door. Oh, no. And the door was locked, and they wouldn't open it for her, and she's, like, mad, and it was, yeah.
0: Oh. No oh i guess Wendy. we're never getting that podcast
1: yeah probably not no. it it would have been a mess anyway and not a good one no probably not um but yeah now 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 we have bobby lights yeah the problematic bobby.
0: Queen. <laughs> <laughs> perfect um we come back in from the stronghold and bobby because so bobby's already put himself up for nomination even though he was the supervillain of the week it was that big twist and he just comes in and me still just like ranting about i'm sending your asses home and just he's going off at one point about like some some metaphor about like flies, flies on a pancake on the dance floor.
1: It was like, like you know, you need their votes, right?
0: I, well, I think he got better towards. He was definitely keeping it towards shaking bananas. Like I would say for for this part
1: at least. Sure, but nobody wants to listen to that. I, I do. Not, I mean, I want to live not, with it. Not in the same house. I'm fine with listening to it when there's a television screen between me. Yes, that's true. But, like, if I'm in the house, I'm like, mm-mm we not doing that today. Could I could I nominate myself to get yeeted <laughs> through the wall? Like it's me or him because I'm not – this is not happening anymore.
0: And then one point he tells, like, bananas. I'm on you like white on rice on a paper plate in a snowstorm. He, like he, – he's got a good, like, wit about him. He's got that Tiffany Pollard quality where he can come up with shit on the fly and it sticks in a way that's, like – most of the time, I he will doesn't... say that
1: he can't get away with shit not making sense like tiffany can uh... tiffany can get away with shit not making sense, and i don't really it i it doesn't phase me it doesn't think, phase me at all
0: i think it i think it I, yes and no i think. With at least like, especially with bananas, I, I appreciated the bananas even through all this episode, like still found the humor in Bobby. He kind of laughed oh, yeah. with him as yeah. opposed to like being like this, like, I appreciate that it wasn't this like intensely angry feud that we saw that it was just kind of, yeah. I mean, cause you can't be angry at him because he's just like, insane. Yeah. um, you can't fight a crazy person. That's the rule. Um, but shake talks about how basically it's basically, it's by all intents and purposes, a dumb idea to put yourself on the hit list, but that it's more of a power move by Bobby. He says either he's a genius or the craziest bastard I ever met, which there were, I will say, there were times where, again, I think I said it last week too. I saw moments of strategy in Bobby's craziness. Like I saw moments where like I could see what he was attempting to do. There's a moment where like, especially when like Bananas is trying to get Tanisha to flip. And, like, he's, like, telling Tanisha, basically, like, look at what Bananas is doing. Like, I felt as though there was some intelligence as to what Bobby was trying to execute.
1: Sure, but I just just don't see the point. Like, when you're not on the block, I see a lot of value to... The loud over the top distracts, like cause chaos sort of stuff. Mm. But if you're on the block, I mean, unless your alliance
0: is tight enough,
1: ma'am, sit on your hands. Yeah.
0: And I will say, like, in retrospect, obviously, I think he should have put fair play up instead of himself. Yeah. Just to ensure, like, and also, not to mention the fact that he also by putting himself out, he throws off the vote count because now it has to be a three vote. Now you have to have a majority of the votes,
1: you can't tie. Right so, like that makes it you know why would you have to pick multiple people from the same side of the house yeah
0: yeah i I think. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a bold move, but I don't know if it paid off. It'd be it be much cooler if it would if it were to have paid off, but yeah,
1: has he never watched Big Brother? No, probably never mind, not. of course not.
0: No. Um <laughs> but uh the fair play is depressed and basically thinks that he like dug his own grave by giving Bobby the supervillain of the week. I love Anfisa like he's telling Anfisa and Omarosa this and then as he leaves the room, Anfisa t- tells Amarosa, what do you think was gonna happen? <laughs> like Literally. I love that she's just like I've I, the little we see Anfisa, I kind of appreciate her a little more. I love the moments where she's just like, what the fuck?
1: Like you're a fucking loser. She's for the most, most part set dressing at this point. Yeah. Um but yeah, every once in a while she'll pop up and have a quip and then disappear again. And it's like you're still here? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: okay. And Bobby basically tells Amoris and Fisa that he has their their back essentially, and they thank yeah. him for not putting him on the putting them on the block. And I love him going. I'd be damned. I mean, I'd just be damned. Like he was gonna finish the sentence, and then
1: he's <laughs> he's not great at following through with them sentences. <laughs>
0: um. Oh, and then he because he goes to bed. Everyone goes to bed, and obviously he's still in the room with Fairplay because they're roommates. Because that's again a big topic of contention for some reason. Um and he tells fairplay like look, you know, I do feel good at least that I didn't put you on the block and and, and it's, I love he fairplay really was just like uh-huh. Like sort of like you literally lied to me completely and liter- didn't do anything I asked of you to but I should be thankful that you didn't put me up. Okay, cool. I going to it later. I was surprised that there there seemed to be a, the one thing I will doubt Bobby on. There seemed to be a moment where he thought fair play could have voted for him to stay. And I was like, "What? That wasn't going to happen, Bobby. You're not that you're not that convincing."
1: No. I but I think I think bananas is that convincing. He, he believe believe it or not, the man is charming. Sure. And could probably sell a hoopty to a luxury car aficionado if he wanted to. Like so he he can do just about anything he wants to, which is why he should be going home soon.
0: Yeah. They left him in the house way too fucking long. They
1: they are real dumb with the way that they've played this game. Mm-hmm. Why did y'all get rid of Jax at the very beginning? Well, sure. But I think, like... He's useless. He's easy to beat. Why not get rid of a big player? Yeah.
0: Bananas is very much running away with this. I'll say that. Like, I you can maybe say Omarosa to an extent, but I don't think she has the, again, the resume. But again, I don't know how this this whole thing finishes. I also, like, I'm confused in the sense that, like, we have... I think there's only 10 episodes of House of Villains from what... I was like reading in like articles on that and we're on episode 9 next week. So it's like I don't know how this whole finale is going to happen. I don't know if it's a jury thing or a who
1: knows. Some
0: massive competition or something, but
1: uh, something's got to change in the way that they're doing this. They can't do it elimination every two episodes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Um Shake, oh, the next morning. So Shake and Omarosa are in the uh, uh kitchen and Shake is like, "So, um You know, Omarosa, what if there was this voting scenario, you know, between me and bananas? Who are you choosing? And Omarosa goes, bananas. (laughs) Duh. He's like, I have no incentive to keep you. I love, like, I do love that nobody fucks with Shake at this point. Like, yeah. Even, even on a, even if it's in an alliance, you know, level, like, he's very much just a tool for, like, bananas or whoever. Shake goes, I mean, if you vote for me, you know, you and and Fiza are safe. And Omarosa goes, (laughs) bruh. Like, (laughs) <laughs> and professional goes, I wouldn't believe Shake if his tongue came notarized. <laughs> That's a great line. Um Fairplay uh is at one point trying to repair things with bananas and shake because he knows he has to do damage control. He talks about like I feel like you guys you know are up there with like some of my best friends, and bananas goes, Best friends don't throw their friends to the wolves, though. And Fairplay goes, I wasn't aware that I was, and bananas goes, you were aware, <laughs> like, you're not going to bullshit and be like, I, like, I literally expressly told you what Bobby was going to do. And then he ex- expressly did it. Like, it's like,
1: look, was the wolf wearing sheep's clothing? Yes. But you knew that was a wolf and you were warned by other people that that was a wolf. And you still said, but sheep clothes. Yeah. Why not? And you went with that. <laughs> Dumbass. I love, and also
0: Bananas is like, you cannot believe a word coming out of his mouth. And then we get this compilation of Bobby just lying throughout his time in the house, talking about he's a virgin, et cetera. And then he there's a scene from the compilation where he's in the hot tub and he's telling this weird story about how after he leaves here, he's going to Turkey because he's getting a uterus implanted because he's going to be the first like pregnant, like. I'm assuming cis man. Because he said pregnant man, but we've had pregnant men before. In you yeah. Know, famously. But like <laughs> I was like, where did that even come up? And like why the, the it's it speaks to why I loved Bobby because he would just make up some
1: bullshit story like also, that. Also, like just the, the, the... The logistics of that. So they just have a uterus on ice for you yeah. waiting, and it's like they it's not like a heart. They can like a you know there's or a, a whole kidney. system. It would be like saying, you know, I don't have veins or arteries or a heart or any of that stuff. I'm gonna go get all of that implanted. Yeah, that's a whole system. <laughs> it's not just the the one you gotta get uterus. You gotta get like. Uh, the ovaries and the fallopian tubes, the vagine and the vagine and the, vagina and the v- all the accoutrement. <laughs> like, you can't just stick a sack in there and go, we're done. Yeah. It's not how that works, sir. Um,
0: bananas basically talks about how... flare. Like, with him, he can be, like you mentioned, be very charming. But with Fairplay, the way that he manipulates people is to make them feel sorry for him. Which I never realize is really the case. Like, even when you watch his original season of Survivor, not simply with the, like, mom thing. But he never was, like... That's the thing with Fairplay. I don't think Fairplay was the best, like, strategist. Clearly. He just was, you know, willing to do a lot. And sort of, like, be... Like play with people's emotions in that regard,
1: oh like, my God, he's Schwartz, you know <laughs> they even both have shitty die jobs,
0: yeah, especially now um yeah you yeah, you're not wrong, like the I, yeah, yeah, he's
1: just better at it,
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Schwartz should get some tips, definitely, um. So they get a message from Eva who then summons them for their redemption challenge. They all get in the car to go off site for it. There was that w- moment. They have the windows down, like rolling one of the cars and shake, like sneezes out of the window and it gets on Omarosa in the back seat. And she's like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> he's the worst. I'm sorry. <laughs> he really is terrible. Um, so they then arrive at this comedy club, um, for their, uh, redemption challenge and they weren't even trying with this they
1: They really weren't we're
0: really just taking like cards against humanity games now and just making them challenges essentially
1: right i mean it does say that it's a party game for awful people this
0: is some jackbox game bullshit like (laughs) it really is like so basically they are the, the the three up for a nomination uh, Bananas, uh, Bobby and Shake, they will they'll show a random photo from like a time or whatever in the house. And they have to basically secretly write like a funny caption to the photo. It's
1: not even Cards Against Humanity at that point. It's that uh, what do you mean game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which so I think it's made by the same people. Probably. But basically,
0: then the non nominated people then get to vote for which caption is the funniest. That person gets a point. Um, And the person with the most points wins. It's a fun enough game,
1: but it was, like, yeah. But also, like, in comparison, last week we had stick your hand in in (laughs) your deepest fear. Right. Snakes and spiders and all that bullshit. This week we have comedy club. I just... I wish there was some equity. Right. This is this is why I'm like I feel like last week was like stacked to keep shake. Yeah, you did say that. That I, it, it seems pretty damn clear.
0: But also it's like it's very low budget. Like I think like they couldn't like with the snake one, they even made their own like fucking like you know darkless room outside with like the like there took some there was some setup and construction to put they had to make the little things to put the chips in that you that you get like here it's just like hey can we like find a comedy club that will rent out for like some tv cameras cool oh yeah like six hours like we'll do a
2: challenge
1: yeah i i've seen i i feel like i've seen tiktoks tiktok stand-up comedians in that comedy club yeah
0: um they they're going through it bobby complains at one point because he was uh there was one where i forgot it's like he was in like a spacesuit or whatever and the caption said something about organisms but he meant to write orgasms and he starts yelling the producer like you said you were autocorrect
1: The producer yells back at him like we're not gonna autocorrect it to another word yeah it's
0: it's a it's an appropriate word and he's like okay fine then (laughs) But it gets down to it. It's a it's a two 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 split, and it's the last question. Bananas ends up winning. Um, and so, the, obviously, it's not what Bobby wanted. Bobby then just goes on this amazing fucking rant afterwards, yelling at pretty much everybody. He goes, I'm still the supervillain, and don't you forget, you fucking idiots. And then he gets up on the stage and grabs the mic, and he, then he goes, post-production, sound effect, make it seem like I'm on the mic. <laughs> it was so perfect. Again, you need their votes
1: to stay,
0: but again, it's like, but here's the like th- okay, but here's the thing. You could say the same thing about Tanisha when she brought the fucking choir to wake everybody up and and bang pots and pans in their ears. I thought that was dumb too i we were like, why does that like endear but why my point being is like I feel like Bobby's maybe going to the same playbook of like they. I get endeared by being
1: the biggest villain, so let me do that. But the thing is, is that Tanisha is called back to her being iconic on, what was it, Bad Girls Club? Yeah. And then being iconic again. Like, you can't out-iconic having a fucking gospel choir come in. Sure. and si- Like, this is not iconic. <laughs> I, I what think... What is... Icon- what is iconic? Where is the icon iconography? I, think a, I
0: would argue there's a lot of like. I mean, not in terms of it being a callback, but in terms of like, like this is one of my favorite reality
1: fights. I would say in a long time. But like when you do this much, there's not space. Comedy has to have space to breathe. <laughs> And iconic moments in reality television are iconic because they're funny. Sure. And if you are not letting it breathe, if you're barreling over yourself, nothing is going to land. Well, I think
0: I bet there was even more stuff. Oh, and I'm I, sure. And I think what it is is that Bobby's like... You'll get, you'll, you'll cut the good stuff together. Like essentially, like I'll give you as much material
1: as possible. But the thing is, is that if I'm the editors, I'm still smushing that shit together. Like, yeah. Like I'm not giving you air. You didn't give me air. Yeah. I just, I just thought it was hilarious. (laughs) I'm fucking pissed. All you
0: bitches laughed at the wrong jokes. (laughs) I hope you all go to banishment. There's no grand prize.
1: (laughs) And then, I just, I, I can't. and
0: then bananas is off in the corner out because this is outside smoking a cigarette. Bobby grabs the cigarette out of his hand and then just bites it and like throws it on the ground.
1: <laughs> okay, that was
0: funny. <laughs> They're getting in the cars and like bananas is like laughing at him and Bobby goes, "Take your ass and your Target outfit back into the truck. I'll see you at the house, Margaret Gilbert." And everyone's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and I love how he gets in the car and Bobby goes. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Who the fuck is Margaret Gilbert? Is that what... Why is that the new who's eating... What's eating Gilbert Grape?
1: (laughs) Well, see, my brain went to Sarah Gilbert. (laughs) The ultimate villain. (laughs) The ultimate villain. I love Sarah Gilbert. She's always been one of my favorites.
0: So, like... She's only the ultimate villain if you, like, watch Roseanne wrong.
1: (laughs) Right. But, yeah... (laughs) Hey, watching Roseanne wrong is the only way that Roseanne is the villain. That's true. I don't know how Roseanne Barr ended up being a villain after playing Roseanne on the show. Like, girl, did you watch your own show that you wrote and produced? No. And directed and I, acted in? Well, it's, uh, that's the beauty of acting. You, can,
0: <laughs> you don't have to be anything like yourself, apparently. I guess. Um, so they get back to the house. Man and goes, "How does it feel to be the least funny person in the house?" Bobby and Bobby goes, "I'll take the least funniest person over the least villainous person." You
1: fucking idiot. <laughs> Well, turns out you are both.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Shake is uh, basically, so Shake then, Shake is, here's the thing. As much as Shake ends up staying, he is as bad at this as, as at one point, Banana says, like, he is the war salesman next to Jax. Oh, he's like, awful. He's really terrible. He tries to just, I get, like, the guilt tripping of Fair Play, like, you know, and all that, but he just kind of overdoes it. To where it just is like becomes like really annoying. Yeah. And at one point, even Amphisa goes like, shake, you know, hold on. And, and, and he goes, tells Amphisa to shut up. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, <sighs> you, you are not going to make me feel sorry for this, like non-existent person in this house, but you're doing it apparently. Um, God. Yeah. He is. I, uh, I'm going to be sad if he makes it all the way to the end. as like a goat, but it seems like that's what's going to happen.
1: Well, um, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be, I don't, I don't think that we'll get both Johnny's. I think we will end up with one of them going home. Yeah, I could see that. I would assume. And then flight. it will be fucking shake and, and Fisa getting carried to the end with Amarosa, Tanisha and whatever Bobby is left or <laughs> whatever, whatever, Bo- whatever Johnny. Johnny is left. Yeah.
0: No, bring Bobby back in again. <laughs> Please Um, Tanisha and her says that her and Bobby are really close and that it's time to get Shake out. So she tells Bobby that she, he has her vote at this point. So at this point they're still aligned. Um, but Tanisha says like, so you done with your rampage? And Bobby's like, oh, hell no. (laughs) They go up into the rooms. Bobby at one point is just eating Shake's doll. The little dolls that they have.
1: (laughs) What? I've missed that. He's Just
0: like shoving it in his mouth. He's like, I mean it metaphorically and literally (laughs) like... (laughs) On e- <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Again, it's a lot. Um, they wake up the next morning. Um, shake and Tanisha are having a conversation in their room and shake is basically trying to flip Tanisha over, basically tells her like, I know you, you have a lot of bravi, but I feel like your hatred for Omarosa is bigger. So think more strategically in that regard. And Tanisha basically tries to make a deal where I will vote to keep you shake. If you then come for Omarosa and fair play, those have to be your next targets. And when things sort of like laid out in terms of like the – so basically because – and then Shake essentially goes to consolidate the votes with Fair Play and Bananas because right now it's essentially Bananas, Tanisha, Shake with – even though Tanisha doesn't really fuck with Shake. And then the other side is Bobby, Omarosa, and Anfisa. So the B- Bananas in particular is – shake doesn't really understand this it's more bananas being like hey so this is math like i've been on these shows before yeah. like this is like he's really playing with children in many regards and he's just like look if we get bobby out then we have the numbers going forward and there and therefore we're in a better place right um but uh and he also thinks that omarosa and bobby are a particularly really dangerous alliance so taking out bobby also really fucks over Amarosa in many regards um, they're, uh, Tanisha and Bananas are talking about by the pool, like, and Tanisha's conflicted, obviously. Um, and Bananas basically is basically trying to convince her, like, Bobby's not riding for you the, the way that you're riding for him. Like, he's going to sell you down the river. And Tanisha understands that. She's like, he's probably going to choose Omarosa over me. You know, It Tanisha, I think, here's the thing. I think she doesn't have the experience in these competitions, but she actually, she has a good head on her shoulders. Like my problem is. Again, if this is a pitch yourself to win, like, with a jury, I don't know what Tanisha's game is necessarily. And she is kind of – Bobby does have a point that he he tries to, like, say to her in a very, like, harsher way that you are kind of playing bananas game at this point. Yeah. Like, it's hard. You need to find a way to, like, differentiate yourself in that regard.
1: Well, here's the thing. Nobody has actual – has an actual resume – other than Amarosa, yeah,
0: I mean, but you could say bananas. Maybe bananas could pitch. Maybe not a resume, but bananas could pitch exactly how. Like I, I went from step one, two, three to get
1: through this house. Sure.
0: And and but again, I don't. Like we said, we don't know how this ends. Like so, it, yeah. it all depends.
1: It, it it could be you know bungee jumping, and the person that like makes the least amount of noise wins. Who yeah. knows?
0: Bobby, though, is, like, boiling watching him talk to Bananas, talk to Tanisha, and he's sitting with Omarosa, and then he decides to just confront them, <laughs> walks out, and gives a whole bunch of fake-ass, snake-ass talk, hoes talking some fake-ass, snake-ass shit. <laughs> and, like, him and Bananas are getting into it. Bananas is like, you should have left some of that purple hair dye in the bowl because it seeped into your brain. <laughs> so good. Um. Yeah. Um. But basically, bananas then tries to get squash the stuff with Tanisha and Fairplay essentially because Tanisha doesn't trust him ever since he gave Bobby the super villain. And Fairplay's like, I'm gonna prove it with my vote tonight. Like, like my me voting for Bobby will show you my loyalty, and therefore you can trust me at the end of the day. Um, I don't think Fairplay realizes his game is more fucked down the line because I think. But even with this, bananas is done with them.
1: Well, but. Even without this, Fair Play does not have anything. What has Fair Play done? Nothing,
0: really. He's kind of, like... He's been almost as non-existent in the game as, like, maybe an FISA. Uh, he just has more screen time. Yeah. But does he, though? Like, he really does not I mean, maybe it's just his tail end he has, but, like, in the beginning, like, I would say he was just as non-existent. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Yeah. Um, I think it... it there were a lot more bigger personalities in the house. Right. Fairplay's not the biggest personality in many regards. Yeah. Um, they all enter the stronghold for the elimination ceremony. I love fucking... So Bobby at least starts... He's, they start the ceremony with Bobby sitting in the chair because he's still the supervillain, right? But before that, like, because he has this giant leather cape on and he just starts twirling around in front of the chair like she's Wonder Woman, like doing... <laughs> 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 it's so great. And then he sat, sits down and goes, I got dizzy. <laughs> um, Joel introdu- like introduces the ceremony. He asks Bobby take his spot take uh, his spot for the elimination. Bananas is laughing at Bobby just goes, Your laughter reminds me of vomit. <laughs> it's like not that clever. No. And then Joel, oh my god, because Shake is wearing some like black turtleneck with like like monochrome black sort of jacket shit and joel McHale goes okay luther vandross let's walk up and everyone dies cracking up laughing and then it then it also then took a turn because bobby getting a line and goes he's walking like luther vandross old cripply and stupid and you get when he said cripply the look on Joel's face was like, we can't hear that. <laughs> like, but they did. But they did. Oh, my God. It was... Oh, but also, you were like, God, how are they making the Luther Vandross joke when Tiffany went home? Oh. Right.
1: Like, I expected the ghost of Tiffany Pollard to just come up and go, Beyonce? Beyonce? You look like Luther Vandross.
0: So bad <laughs> They... didn't. Do- they do their pleas, uh, and Shake is basically talking about how Bobby, you know, is unpredictable, you know, even with his you know his amazing outfits and his great cooking. You have to look at the fact that he's unpredictable, and Joel just goes, thank you, Steve Jobs.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, uh,
0: yeah. And then Bobby gives his speech basically saying he has the girls back, and so, you know, the, and that he he's had that been that way from day one, so, you know. Um, keep that in mind. <laughs> Bobby, they all sit down in their chairs to get drafted. Bobby goes, God, it feels like I'm driving a Honda Accord in this thing. And then as they're going to vote, Bobby is just ranting. And at one point, like, cause Bobby's like, I mean, if you send me home, I'm going to haunt you all in your sleep. And Joel Leary goes, Bobby, we're not even on camera. Like, it's not like there's producers we're walking in front of him. Of there's like cameramen sort of in the shot. And like, <laughs> it's great. It's so fucking good. Um, and then, so... We know san We see San and Fisa's vote, and we see Bananas and Fairplay's vote. So it's coming down to Tanisha to sort of she's the, she's the right. swing. But then Tanisha ends up voting for Bobby. I understand why. Like with the way she like, if she broke, if she flipped on Bananas and Shake, she wasn't going to have any. Like Amorosa wasn't going to take her. Island. Yeah, Amorosa yeah. wasn't going to take her. An
1: any. island. Island. She'd be on an island <laughs> on her own. Jeez but Bo- joel goes
0: bobby you will be going home and bobby goes i will be going shopping <laughs> and but we find you the whole the build up too you were also like so wait who pushes the button then if
1: bobby's not
0: but joel gets his moment to sort of walk up and sit in the chair like
1: the biggest <laughs> super villain of them all
0: <laughs> any last words and bobby just goes you guys, fashion suck. And then goes as he gets, he like fully laughs
1: as he gets like <laughs> move, sent over to the the back of the soundstage. Joel, Joel McHale at one point in there goes, "This is really exciting because I have it in my contract that if I get to push this button, I get an extra five hundred dollars."
0: So good. You could t- you could definitely tell Joel was having the most fun with this oh, elimination. Yeah. He's gonna miss Bobby like crazy. I feel. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So that was uh, House of Villains for this week. We're down to a final six. Yeah, si- yes. Six of- yeah. Six.
1: Because there were five votes plus whoever left, is stayed.
0: Correct. Um. So, yeah. So House of Villains, really good stuff as always. Uh, excited to see how things progress as we go forward. Um. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Potomac. Don't go anywhere. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to
1: pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hamaker.
0: While home in Midland, Texas, on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachloski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, At first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America.
1: You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find
2: out more at sidekickmediaservices.com
1: Welcome back to Again is NB. Let's head on down to Austin, Texas where the boots are made for walking and Robin's eyes are made for crying on real housewives of Potomac. <laughs> oh lord. Um god. So, Potomac for this week,
0: um I like you mentioned in the uh, intro to this podcast A better episode than it has been, I will say.
1: It's still a mid episode of Housewives. It's
0: not the best, but it's not the worst. And I will say, like, I think we'll we'll get to it uh, in a little bit. But like, I think I've also cracked the code as to why things are the way they are. I mean, it's pretty obvious. But like, I I gave I'm going to give Robin Robin credit in moments, not in the sort of main structure of everything, but like, not even in
1: the overall everything but like in moments not in terms of
0: thing not in terms of anything with this one stuff
1: right and and
0: and her fucking over you know a lot of people and also like you know the the screwing over in terms of like hiding it right like i i don't give her any credit on that and she still doesn't even understand like what the fuck she's talking about in that regard but in terms of like the, some of the stuff that we were talking about before, about like why the show isn't working right now, I give her a little more credit than some other people. We'll get to it. Um, yeah. Uh, so we come back as Giselle. Well, so everyone's still by the pool. Um, and we, we are continuing from this whole NECA, Wendy fight and NECA getting the, like, you know, Oh, you're my, um, what is it? Cousin. I can't even remember. Oh my God. So whoever, whoever Lebe is.
1: Lebe is Neca's cousin in law. Yes, her husband's cousin.
0: Right, and because Ivy is Wendy's sister. Correct. Got it. Okay. Cool. We're back. (laughs) Like again, it's so difficult to follow. Back to
1: again. (laughs) (laughs) It's so
0: fucking difficult to follow. But they're coming back from the whole like, well, Lebe was at your daughter's sippancy and she was wearing a headdress and all that stuff. Anyways. Um, so Giselle's like, I was of the understanding that you didn't know her. And Wendy goes, that's my sister's friend. Like I said before, I, she never said she didn't know Lebe. She said that I don't know how old she is. We aren't like, I know her, but we aren't like close in that regard. Ashley in her confessional tries to say like, I mean, getting a gele, which is the headdress is a really intimate thing. You don't give that to any Jane on the street. But Wendy kind of counters that in her confessional and she goes, She was at my daughter's sip and see she got a head tie. But if we're being honest, so did Giselle. So how about that?
1: And if I remember correctly, what, wait, that was last year? Yeah. That was the year that Giselle and everybody went after Wendy for having body work done? Oh, no, that, well, no, I, was that last? No, I, that was the year before. So it was right it after was Wendy's all of first that happened. season. Yeah.
0: I think I think it was Wendy's first. Season. This was this was the Monique season, if I remember correctly. Really, that long ago? Yeah, but my point being, jeez, like,
1: yeah, that was a while.
0: It, and you you detailed and what Wendy had said too about like the fact like that her family dictates who's at these events because right. it's tradition for that to happen. And so, and again, she's not denying that Le, she doesn't know Lebe exists, and that she's not like it's that she's her sister's friend. That's all she said. That that yeah. the connection is that she is friends with her sister.
1: Like, all that means is that I know this person because they are friends with my sister. Not that I don't know them. Yeah. Not that... But we don't have our own relationship. Right. It would be weird if she went out and, like, had lunch or something with Lebe. Yeah. Because she doesn't know her like that. But
0: also, this has nothing to do with what happened on the phone call. Right. Like, uh and but then it takes a turn because NECA goes, you know, she was there at your sipping seat, and Wendy goes, "Were you there, or were you still over in L.A. smoking crack?" And I'm like, "Oh God!" Now it's getting to crack allegations, and like, I'm, I I, I will like, say, I didn't love Wendy doing I've, this.
1: I didn't feel like she was actually saying she had was smoking crack. It was like a like that euphemism of "you're crazy." Like, well, yeah, you're over there smoking crack. Because I will say, someone like.
0: Cause Giselle then goes, I mean, no one's smoking crack anymore. Giselle gets real defensive about this, but people pointed out like last week when they were in the boot shop preparing for the trip, like Mia says something about like, you know, uh, like, Mia said something about, like, Karen's on, like, her gin and juice or whatever. And Giselle makes a joke of, of like, no, like, Karen's on, like, Kraken juice. Like, she, like, explicitly said that. So it's like, okay. Like, Giselle, at the end of the day, Giselle, shut the fuck up. Just shut the fuck up. You don't need to be, one, like, sh- you don't need to be in this. Was, was Ashley
1: at that? Yes. 1,000%. Then why did she plan a boot shop trip? On the trip after they just went to was a it, boot shop, well, no, it wasn't. Was
0: it? Oh god, it might have just been a clothing store. I can't remember. Either way, it was. I think it might have just been
1: a clothing store, but besides they, the point. <laughs> no, I know. It just popped in my head, and I had to let it out. That's how your brain works. <laughs> if I don't let it out, it sits in my brain and rots. <laughs> it sits there and stares at me at, in the middle of the night when I can't sleep. It's sitting in the corner, going, "Why did they go to the boot shop? And didn't go to the boot shop? And yeah. the boot shop, boot shop, boot shop."
0: The the producer in Wendy's confessional goes, do you have a crack receipt? Which is the funniest line I've ever heard on the show. <laughs> it's so underrated funny. And then Wendy goes, if it quacks like a duck, you know what? Crack it is. And I'm like, oh, God. Um, but here's... So Giselle... Again, Giselle needs to shut the fuck up. Goes... You know, we shouldn't put out drug allegations. And Wendy goes, let's not put out any allegations. Let's be clear. Like, it's fine. Like, you're going to accuse my mother of witchcraft, but crack is the line, right? right? Like, come on. Like, again, I don't like that Wendy did it, but whatever. Um, and they all uh, for some reason the DJ then starts. I guess there was a pool DJ. I don't know. This felt a little like producery. Like I bet they were dancing to literally nothing. <laughs>
1: like, like, well, yeah, we like we've heard from housewives before. If there is dialogue and music playing, yeah. there is no music. Right. The music is piped in afterwards.
0: And also Mia twer- like twerking like she was uh, twerking in the pool, but also it was it was she was doing like a. Like a squat. It was, like, it was like, like she
1: was just dipping her pussy in. Was, I was
0: saying it was like she was like a tea bag that was just like, sort of <laughs> like. Um, And I will. So Candace then checks on Neca to see, like, I know that you were upset or whatever. And I do, and Wendy is like, you know, look, Candace, like, you know, when it comes to me and her, just don't bring my name in, essentially. And it's like I, I did appreciate Candace, like, being consistent and saying, right. like, you know, I'm not going to just because I'm Wendy's friend. I'm, you know. Not gonna check in on people, even though, right. like, even though, and Candace still thinks that like what Neck is doing is fucked up with the witch stuff, right? But like you know, can again. It also proves this whole narrative that Candace is not the
1: issue in terms of dividing the group, right? And you saw that interplay between Candace and Wendy when she told her that, and Wendy was like, "Okay, cool, yeah," and handled it maturely as adults should do, right?
0: Um they all uh get in the Sprinter van to uh go and head out to dinner. They're talking about what happened by the pool. Giselle goes, "She should apologize for that." And Neca goes, "She's not going to because to, for her to admit her, the conversation transpired would be her admitting that her mom consults with a shrine." No. Like But again, but also it goes to also like what are are you trying like when kind of touches on it later You want her to like sell her mother down? Like, again, if you're making accusations against my mom, right? Like, I don't think Wendy knows about it one way or the other, even if it's true. But if you're gonna make accusations about my mom, I'm writing for my mom,
1: right? What do you expect? Like, yeah, like, I oh, oh, you said my mom did something I absolutely know full well that she did do. Well, she didn't do it, and your mom's a hoe. That's how that conversation goes. Like, yeah, I don't know why you're surprised.
0: Um, Wendy a uh, basic like Candace is like, Do you think there's a way to fix and Wendy's like, She's basically called me everything but a child of God, so there's no
1: relationship to salvage.
0: Like, that's not happening.
1: I I do feel like Wendy's being over overly hardlined, but because just in terms of housewives. Okay. Um, not in terms of normal human interaction, because I right. completely empathize with that. I get it. You don't fuck with her, and that is valid. But also, you're you're clocking in. Yeah, you gotta fuck with her to a certain degree. I mean, you can't draw a line in the sand like that. Sure, I, I want to see how it progresses
0: on the show. I, I have a feeling yeah. that's not going to be as hard of a line that she's going to keep to, as opposed to you know Giselle. Like, yeah, um, they all arrive for dinner. Um, this is when it starts getting, at least it gets a little funner. Um, in terms of like the dynamic, um, Karen is talking about, she, Karen says something about how she's too tired to chew or whatever. And then Giselle, yeah, uh-huh. Giselle goes, that's what she does with Ray. She just swallows. And then it gets into the t- topic of swallowing. Cause Wendy then asked the whole table who here swallows Robin raises her hand just immediately. She also is saying it as the waiter is like still there taking <laughs> the orders. Yo, why are you at this poor man? Yeah, clearly, in like a twenty-something who like <laughs> having to hear about eating booty and fucking.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it was peed a lot. on and all that. This stuff. conversation was a lot.
0: I love Candace in the confessional going, "Look, we tend to bond over nasty sexual conversations, swallowing cheating ass men's
1: penis juices. I love it." <laughs> was it sn- snart? That's what she called it. That's what Karen called it. Oh, she called it snart. S n a r t. She said. She said snart. Can we? Can we stop talking about swallowing snart and snart? <laughs> because I was like, did we, she say snot? We went over it last no. week with Miami. The word is spluge. <laughs> there are many words. There are so many words to choose from. That word was not on the list. And then Karen
0: in the confessional going, given the headlines, I I wouldn't be swallowing. Girl, you don't know what you've been drinking. (laughs) That part. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Yeah. And then Candace says, you know, I would prefer being peed on over that. And then they talk about that. Mia asked if people lick booty holes. Um, it just gets into this, like, back and forth sort of, like, sexual conversation. And then Wendy <laughs> goes, this was great. I mean, we ate, we drank, we talked about cum. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: who was it that said, was it was it Ashley that said something about just hold it to your mouth until they oh, fall asleep? Oh, right. And, and it's, like, like, it's like, like, what are you doing? But we we're talking about Michael
0: Darby's. Uh, when he's like, ugh. Oh. Uh, uh, no, thank uh, you.
1: Gollum uh, <laughs> split.
0: Uh, um, so, uh, uh, NECA, uh, you know, talks about, you know, I'm, you know, glad that I've came into this group at a perfect time. Talks a little bit about like her baby journey with the group and wanting to have children and stuff like that. Wendy is kind of like ignoring her, not, in, not in a like intense way, but like, you know, just not focusing on her. Candace is sort of being like bond bonding with NECA in that regard because Candace also, you know, is on the IVF journey and like, you know, right. is wanting kids. So, I again glad that Candace is doing that. Um, They finish up dinner. Robin, and and this is a key. Robin then says uh, to everyone, Let's head back. You know, everyone can come up to my room. Everyone is invited. Note that she says, Everyone is invited, by the way. Yep. Which I think is a very big key, which everyone seems to forget about in, you know, 30 minutes. Um, they go back to the hotel and they head up to Robin's room and they're all having fun. But then like people start to like dip out, you know, Karen and Giselle and that dip out, um, in the actual version of dip out, not in the Tom Sandoval version. <laughs> um, and then at one point, Candace is like, can I, I need like, you know, slippers uh, to wear while I'm up here. And she borrows like Robin's like bright green slippers and Robin pulls a face like.
1: But what's frustrating is that Candace asked. yeah. And then Robin asks, like, or is sitting there acting like she didn't just say it was okay. Right. Because that- Candace literally goes, I need some slippers. Whose are these? Yeah. And Robin goes, oh, they're mine. And she goes, oh, can I use them? Yeah, that's fine. And then she puts them on. And then, then she's sitting there staring at her feet. Right. Why? Well,
0: and, and I'm so confused too, because Robin is talking about the sense of like, I don't know why Candace is acting like, you know, she hasn't just been, you know, railing against me on social media and, you know, talking all this shit about me, whatever. But then when Candace then goes to leave, she, before she leaves, she tells Robin, like, I think tomorrow we should have a talk. Like yeah. it's time to have the talk between us. And Robin goes, okay, So Candace is acknowledging it. Right. I think I've seen a lot of dialogue from like sort of like Robin defenders online being like Candace is delusional to think that you can't like talk all this shit on social media about a person, say that they should be fired, et cetera, et cetera, and then think that you're going to have a normal relationship with this person. I don't think Candace is delusional in that regard. I think she always knew I have to broach this conversation with Robin, but it – but – I was hurt. I I, like Robin. We'll get to it later, but Robin can't acknowledge that she can't acknowledge because there is sort of an admitting in the acknowledgement that like, yeah, I didn't really have your back in terms of the Chris stuff.
1: Well, and they're, they're also like, I feel like Candace waited because she didn't want things to pop off as hot as they could. They had just been drinking. They like. Like, Candace was like, look, let's have some good times for a second. Let's remind each other that we can be friends, and then we'll broach the subject. Right? Because here's the thing. Like,
0: if I want to give Robin any bit of the benefit of the doubt, I'll say this. I don't necessarily know if she actively said... Hide this one. Giselle, bring up the Candace uh, crisping in your dressing room thing because I don't want them talking about Juan. Is it possible? Yes. I don't know if Robin actively said that to Giselle. Right. In many ways. I could see Giselle on her own doing that. Yeah. Like, for, for whatever, to protect Robin in that regard. But that doesn't mean it's still not hurtful. And it also ignore i think a lot of people also ignore the fact that robin flipped on candace at the reunion right and and like she, robin can say i can all, i def, robin keeps saying i defended her as much as i could when it came but this was my best friend giselle so at a certain point i can't defend i can't say like giselle is evil giselle is whatever But that's not even what Candace was asking you to do. And that's not even what you did. That would be, you're basically acting as though you said at the time when you were filming, I don't think Chris did anything. You know, I do think Giselle's overreacting, whatever. And then you went to the reunion and you were neutral. That's not what happened. Right. What happened was then you went to the reunion and you were like, can't we all just agree that it's not, you know, good optics for a man to be in a hotel room with another
1: woman? You mean like? Juan was in a hotel room with old girlfriend. Canada. Right,
0: exactly.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that contradict and it contradicts what you even said at the time of the season, which was that you know he didn't do anything to her, he didn't say anything inappropriate. Like you were saying that in your confessional, being like Giselle, you're overreacting to this. And here you're being like, but optics. That's yeah. a comp- that is a flip flop. And also, you were also saying at that reunion. In complaining about Candace, defending Giselle bringing it up on camera by saying everything that should be brought, everything in our lives should be talked about on camera. And then you didn't talk about something in your life.
1: Right. You were actively hiding it.
0: Right. So my point is Candace has, whether, you know, Robin was actively doing this for the purposes of covering, I don't know. And right. I and I kind of lean to she that probably wasn't the case. But that doesn't mean you weren't still duplicitous to Candace and you and you can't understand why Candace was hurt.
1: And whether or not it was her ide- idea or not, she definitely did participate in it.
0: Right. Acti- actively or not. Right. Choosing to or not. Right. You participated. Right. Um. They wake up the next morning. Uh, Neca is FaceTiming Ike to tell him about what happened. She goes, "It's so weird. This Wendy thing just keeps like going on. It keeps going on because you keep bringing it up.
1: Also, what are you talking about? Also, you accused her mother, who is not there to defend herself. Right. You accused her mother of." Doing dark magic on you. Right.
0: What do you expect? Again, going back to it, what do you expect her reaction to be? Right. Do You expect her to go, yeah, that's mom. Yeah. Or, all or, sucks. or I'm so sorry. Or like, like to see the nuance of it. Like that's not what, like, what do you expect her to do? It's her mother. Yeah. So then they all meet in Well, okay. So they're going to all meet in Ashley's room for breakfast, but it starts and it's just Ashley, Robin and Giselle uh, getting breakfast in Ashley's room. This is where it was really illuminating to me in terms of the dynamic of things. Giselle goes, Robin, I straight up did not want to leave you there last night. You know, I was not being a good bestie. I left you in the room with people who have been trashing you. And Ashley goes, I mean, I did find it odd that Candace came to your room and Giselle goes, I don't know how you are in that room. That's so funny to me. To me, I was like, this says so fucking much because the dinner, like I said, the dinner beforehand was so nice. Everyone, for the most part, was interacting. I don't think Giselle interacted with Candace or Wendy. I think she was keeping to that. But like Robin and Wendy were interacting. You know, Robin and Candace were interacting in their room and stuff like yeah. that. They were ma- like Robin, Candace, and Wendy were making jokes of like, what, like our calling card is going to be like gurgling calm or whatever. Like they were making jokes and right. like having a good time. But Giselle can't have that. Right. And it's so interesting that Giselle is the one putting it in Robin's head and sort of, maybe not putting it in her head, but reinforcing the idea to Robin. Right. You should not be in the same room with people who you don't like. Right, Giselle is the problem. Yeah. She's the problem as to why this cast has gotten so toxic.
1: Well, and Candace pointed it out last week. If it's that uh, Giselle thinks that if she just keeps cutting her out and keep ignoring her, right. then she will just cease to exist. And that's not going to happen.
0: And you can't use the excuse of you're protecting your children. You're protecting your mental health. Cause that's what she's using the excuse to with like, why she's not even looking in Candace's direction and not broaching thing, broaching issues, even your own issues with her, which is what you would do on a show like this. She's saying I have to protect my mental health, but what about Robin? Like, so Robin has to, like, you're putting that on Robin as well? That, like, Robin clearly can be in a room with these people. Right. So it it's not about this, like, extra, like, extra terrible thing that Candace did to you that goes particularly over the line, so therefore you have to cut off communication. No, this is how you
1: operate, clearly. Yeah. This is a pattern. Well, and the thing is, is that... You have to do what you need to do to protect your mental health. So, if that's the case, then leave the show. Right. Then you. Then you choose. You. Sh- you don't get to force someone else out. Yeah. You need to make decisions for yourself, and decide that if this is if this cast is no longer a group of people that I can spend time with, whether that is due to one person two people the entire group what have you right then it is on you to either get to a place where you can or remove yourself from the situation go
0: with your boy toy over on winter house right and go you know do your stuff over there and leave us to actually fucking actually do our jobs right um Everyone uh, everyone else gets into Ashley's room and Ashley tells them, okay, so the first thing that we're going to do today is we're doing this activity where we're basically going to paint our vaginas, not paint not, on an easel right. a depiction of our vaginas. That would have been much better uh, uh, to reconnect with our femininity. And like everyone's like... Hell,
1: I would have been behind slathering paint on it and then like smacking it on the canvas. <laughs> That's not going to air. Like a, like a pussy print. Like just a... <laughs> Everyone's is different, just like no, no, no. It's recreating that uh, weird body paint thing with Whitney and
0: (laughs) Justin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ashley, because no one wants to do it, but Ashley's like, you've seen each other's coochies before. Why you're all bashful now? Like, and then Ken is at her confessional. Goes, if we're gonna be honest about these paintings. It should be some busted coochies, because they've been out here in these streets doing concubine foolishness, and you should be painting roast beef. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> God, Candace. <laughs> You're away with words, but damn it. Like,
1: like please, no roast beef. But, but we can't talk about snart.
0: yeah someone just paint the arby's logo (laughs) (laughs) too far too far um but then karen god bless karen like i said karen has been saving the season in many regards she's like okay i'm defrosting the pie (laughs) like essentially she's like i'm gonna get into this stuff like finally like i'm sure if anything a producer was probably at this point i felt was like yeah, we are we not like we're never gonna like confront Robin on this. Like, someone do it. And Karen's like,
1: I'll do it. Someone lock the door so she can't run away. Yeah, <laughs> and let's do this shit.
0: Karen goes, So, Robin, yesterday, uh, Ashley wanted to make sure you had the second penthouse because she wanted to make sure that you were okay. And honestly, there's a whole group that doesn't really know what you're going through. I feel like Robin, you selectively speak to one pocket of the friendship circle. And in doing so, you certainly divide the group. And I was like, oh, good her Karen. Like the, like phrasing it, like starting it in that way. Karen was really good in this fight of like sort of like mm-hmm. sticking to like the talking points. Um, and Robin goes, So what I've experienced personally does not divide the group. I speak to the people who actually reach out to me and say, I'm sorry you're going through this. Are you okay? And then Candace is like, wait a second. And can and she goes. So when I reached out to you and you ignored me, and we see that two days after it came out that Juan lost his job at Coppin State, um, Can has sent her a text message. That was essentially, like no matter what you know our issues and what you know, has been transpired, I wishing you guys the best. I feel awful that this happened to you guys, et cetera, et cetera. Like a, right, a really, you know, cordial text. And then Robin just goes, Are you serious? After you trashed me on social media incessantly, do you know what I've gone through? I've gone through fucking torture. And Candace goes, So have I. Robin goes, At my expense. And Karen goes, Yes, Robin, at your expense because you're hiding the truth. Like, again, like, again, I think. Candace wanted that closer one-on-one moment with her to sort of actually talk about this in a conducive manner. But, of course, Robin, the minute fire gets put onto her, she's performing at this point, right? Right. And she's like, if I didn't tell my mama what happened, why would I tell any of y'all? Uh, okay, again, in normal life, I would agree with you. In norm- you are on a reality show. And you expect these other women, whether they told their mamas or not, to tell all their bullshit. Right. And money are also just forthcoming out the gate. So what's your excuse? Cameron um, goes, Robin, you need to be accountable. And Robin then stands up and goes, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to, to beat me up or something? Hold me accountable. I'm here. I'm here. Hold me accountable. Beat me up. And she just like is flailing her arms and spinning around me. Do it. And I'm like, and I tweeted about it. All y'all people who thought that Wendy was being too overly performative to, like, deflect. Because that's literally what Robin said, that Wendy was deflecting at pickleball. Mm -hmm. This is literally the same thing.
1: It's worse. Yeah. It, It sounds the same as Sandoval. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's that same, I can't be wrong because you did something that's like, a 1 out of 10 even though I did a 7 or 8 out of 10 I can't be wrong because you were also wrong
0: yeah it's and it's just like you're the victim and it's it, like i mentioned before it's whiny it, it's, i get it's i get exhausting. i i don't ex- i i want to clarify i don't expect there i d- that there, w- there wouldn't be a fight right and then robin just has to take it right you know what i mean of course not but the way in which robin responds is sh- like i i could never be her friend because it's so like just insufferable it's just like really like you're not getting to the meat of an argument you're not counterpointing you're just like doing again yeah. going to theatrics <laughs> but then karen and her confessional because robin's got this like pajama slip on as she's doing this and karen and her confessional goes you know this album reminds me of those you know women at a polygamy camp and they're gonna stand by their man the only thing Robin was missing was her bonnet. And then she pulls a bonnet out.
1: It's straight out of fucking, um, what's that, uh, the, the TV show, uh, Margaret Atwood. Um, oh, uh, 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 oh, 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 God. Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight out of fucking Handmaid's Tale. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and she put, Karen puts the bonnet out of her confessional. Well, a good man. You
0: just don't know. Me, ask me anything about Juan, girl the whole world knows everything about Juan. sit your ass down and get a bonnet <laughs> it's so perfect and like i love karen just like defaulting to prop prop comedy now did you see i showed you the meme of someone made this amazing meme and it's on socials of the pixar uh intro oh, but it's yeah. robin as oh my god and then the lamp squashes her and the lampshade is carrying the bonnet <laughs> so good. Uh, uh, Robin goes, this is a very personal experience. And Karen goes, which you dug us into. And Robin goes, no, I did not. And Karen goes, the minute you put a price $5.99 on it and sold it to the world, you drug us into it. And Mia goes, well, just buy it. And Giselle goes, it only costs $5. I love that they're making fun of that. Like, and I, I'm being sarcastic.
1: Like, <laughs> But it to me, it seems like they're going, oh, well, everything was shared in that podcast, so you just need to go listen to that. No, you owe it to the people who watch this goddamn show right. to put it on film. But also— How the- dare you put it behind a paywall—
0: It also counters Robin's initial argument of, I didn't tell my mother, so why would I tell you guys? You told people you just wanted people to pay you directly for it.
1: Right. Also, I just, I am still baffled as to why this woman is on this show right now. Why either of them are on this show right now. Because, to be fair, even though this isn't Giselle's mess... Giselle profited off of this mess. Right. Giselle actively along with Robin took money out of Bravo's pockets. Yeah. What the fuck, Bravo? The way, Why are you not and, firing these women? And the way, I mean
0: Robin is, Robin isn't getting a positive edit for the most part because the stuff she says is so ludicrous you can't really make it a positive edit. Yeah. But like for the most part they are giving the green eye bandit side a positive edit and I'm like if I was the people running this show, like you said, I would be fucking pissed. Yeah. Like, why? Like,
1: ugh, the, I don't understand why Eric isn't mad. Yeah. Fucking with your money, your paycheck. Fucking Eric. <laughs>
0: Get on it. Come on. Everyone's like crosstalking. talking. Robert goes, can I fucking talk? I'm happy to answer all of your questions. And Rob, and I'm like, you sound happy. <laughs> Sounds so happy. Uh, Wendy goes, how come we never saw you going up to your homegirl saying, I've been really stressed out, you know, with everything that's going on? And it's a, it was a weird way to kind of, like, break the fourth wall. Because what Wendy is saying is, why didn't we see a scene of this?
1: Right. Well, like, why wasn't this on the show?
0: Like, you would... It, you would naturally have a conversation with Giselle about this. Again, going back to it, especially when your story... Like, let's remember also the context. Robin's storyline last season was getting married to Juan and putting together a prenup that possibly would include infidelity. And the idea that prior to this, there was the thing with the girl in Canada, and it never came up on the show... That is malpractice in my view. Yeah. That, like, that's not just, it just didn't happen to come up. You are choosing not to bring this up in a story that is about the
1: thing that we are wanting you to bring up. Like, it, like, I just, the whole reason that infidelity clause came up is because Juan is a serial philanderer. Right. That's why y'all got a divorce in the first place. So, and then he out here dipping his dick around all over the place again. And Giselle goes around being like, I'm just so happy for
0: Robin. As if nothing fucking happened when we know that Giselle was upset about it. Right. That, like, fuck off. Giselle answers Wendy's question and goes, just because you didn't see it or hear our discussions doesn't mean it didn't happen. And no, it's like, but it means that you were actively hiding it from the cameras. Right. And so wh- whether it happened, again, what Robin said at the reunion was... Everything in our lives should be on camera. She said that word for fucking word. Yes. So this excuse of like, just trust us. We had it off camera. I don't
1: care if you had it off camera. The the problem is, is you didn't have it on camera. The problem is, is that you have these closed door discussions that were actively part of the storylines of this show. And you chose to keep them not only from Bravo to be able to use right. to make a show, but also from the audience who tunes in every week and is the reason your ass gets paid. Exactly. Like, it, like I just don't understand why you don't get that. Yeah. Like, it, it's a disservice to everyone around you. And it's not just taking money out of Bravo's pockets, but it, in turn, it is taking money out of your own pockets, but it, and also taking money out of the pockets of every other woman on this cast.
0: Right. Yeah. And, and they can't be mad about it because it's not about them.
1: Well, Whatever. and that's what, that's what um, Candace says at one point is that it reflects back to the integrity of us. Right. As a cast. She says
0: as a friend group, but that's, that's, the, that's fourth wall being up for saying us as a cast.
1: Right. It's, it's a, if you're hiding shit, then she's hiding shit. She's hiding shit. I'm hiding shit. They're hiding shit. Right. Like, if they don't trust you, they don't trust none of us, which means they're not tuning in, which means we no longer have jobs.
0: Right. Um, Candace then brings up, oh, and Robin fucked her up with this. Candace goes, so you said that there was a DM exchange and,
1: oh you, my, oh,
0: and no. you didn't read it. And Robin goes, I didn't. And Candace goes, but there's like no part of you that wants to know like what they were saying to each other. And Robin goes, um, no. And then she goes, Juan no longer had the messages. Like he cleans his phone out like crazy. Like he deletes everything. And I love Candace goes, for safety, <laughs> like, like, is he is he you know getting chased by the mob? Like, what the like, what does he need to delete all the
1: contents of his phone for? I just I don't I don't understand. He's a fucking
0: basketball uh, coach at fucking Coppin State. He's not not anymore. He's not an FBI agent. Like, yeah, like, and also I don't going back to the, going to the conversation later. I also don't think that helps Juan's legal case in terms of this fucking yeah. Title IX violation shit. Absolutely oh, you not. wipe your phones for, like, no
1: reason? Like That's not sus.
2: Yeah.
0: He, well, he goes, like, literally, he doesn't even store people's phones. Like, he'll have coaches reach out to me. Like, I don't know who this is because he's, you know, weird. Like, okay. So, like, he didn't have the messages with her. And I don't communicate with thirst buckets. <laughs> it's like. So, but this is what gets me. And by the way, before you get to that as, as i've been saying that there's a great shot of wendy just dead panning to the camera
1: like you're hearing this i howled <laughs> howled with laughter it uh that was probably the best moment of tv of the whole week
0: yeah but what were you gonna say wasn't this on instagram well, we're on social media. I think it was on, like, TikTok and, like,
1: other stuff. Like, Okay. Well, those DMs live in the app, not on the phone.
0: Oh, you mean with the actual Instagram? I think, it was, yeah. The DMs were actually in, like, Facebook, I want to say.
1: Doesn't matter. That lives on the app. That's because you can yeah. access that from any point that you access that account. And
0: can't you get, like, your archives? Yeah. Even if you, like, delete? Sh- Pretty sure. Yeah. I- <sighs> Yeah, she, Giselle in her confessional, because even Giselle doesn't believe it. You you can tell on her face when Robin's telling this story. Even Giselle's like, girl, like, come on. But in her confessional, Giselle goes, in Robin's defense, there is something called trust. And I'm like, Giselle, shut your ass up. I, shut the fuck up right now.
1: I don't, part of me feels like this stuff with Giselle is, you know, true and that she's finally like, I'm so frustrated with this whole situation. I can't just idly sit by and yada, 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 all of that. Yeah. But part of me thinks that it's like cover your ass. And she thinks that this is Robin's last season and she doesn't want to get thrown out with her. Maybe. And so she thinks if she... That's
0: not what's going to get you you thrown out, by the
1: way. No, at all. It's the fact that you're like dumping toxic sludge all over this entire cast. But... I feel like she's sitting here going, well, I have to distance myself from her Mm. and not seem like such a solid pair so that when they do fire her for this bullshit, I can still have my hands clean. Right.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Um, Ashley Base is like, okay, so we wasted our all our time arguing we're not painting anymore. So we're just scrapping that. Um, <laughs> and so half of you are going to go to a distillery, and the other half we're going to go boot shopping. They all, like, draw names to, like, decide where they're going. And Karen goes, I'm going to the distillery, Robin. And then Candace and Robin switch. Because <laughs> Robin's like, I'm not fucking with her.
1: But also, like, how did all the, the Green-Eyed Bandits end up going to the one place? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I mean,
0: I'm sure Karen, Candace and Wendy are fine with that for the most part. No,
1: I am too. I'm just, I'm side-eyeing those little scraps of paper. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Um, before they go out to their separate events, we see Karen, um, Get on the phone with uh, her event planner, Robin, because she's basically working on this event for this group, Pave, that she is a part of and that she's an ambassador for, um, which is an organization that helps rape victims. And Karen's been very open about being a victim of sexual assault and sort of like, you know, doing that stuff and work. So I think, and it seems like we're going to see some event with that down the line. And so. we've
1: seen an event with that a few seasons ago.
0: I think so. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, they all get into the sprinters. Um, Ashley is checking in on Robin and, uh, Robin goes, I mean, people act like I did something to them. Like when someone comes at you with private information, you keep it private again, rules for me and not for thee. Yeah, is the thing. Cause Ashley then goes, ain't nobody in this group going to be like, Hey guys, look at all my
1: dirty laundry. Oh, but you're sure going to do it to anybody else. You're going to
0: try to pry it out. But also I'm sorry. Certain people do do that on this show. Yeah. Candace does it a
1: lot. Actually. Like, we see her fighting with Chris all the time. We saw all of that mess between her and her mama. Yeah. Like, Candace has put every bit of her life on this show. Right. Like. Love her or hate her? Like, she, and I don't see how you could hate her. She's lovely. I hated um, her. I hated her for a period. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've grown, but.
0: I, I'm so glad. Ugh. There was a period where she was very hateable. Don't get me wrong. Like, in the or in her early days.
1: like Sure. Sure. I, I guess I could maybe see where it's possible to maybe see her in a less than favorable light. But at the end of the day, she has put everything on these screens. And I can't say that about anybody else on this cast. Yeah. I agree completely. Anybody else. Yeah. As much as I love Karen, as much as I love Wendy... Like I would say, Karen's done it to a certain extent. To a certain extent, but she still hides some things.
0: Sure, but but in things, but again, things that make sense hiding. And again, Karen does it like when someone confronts Karen on it, like she does it in a she handles it in a way that's fun and is good television. Right. And like like people have been sharing that old clip when Robin's like talking to her in the restaurant about like, so what is this like stuff about like your tax issues or whatever? And the way Karen does that, you have to make millions to owe millions. And you know, you're over in there in Hanover way over there in Hanover, (laughs) like she, and does the press conference and like, uh, like there's a fun way to do it and still like, like hide quote unquote and defend your man. Like all the stuff that Robin claims that she's doing, I have no problem with you doing in theory. It's the way you're doing it. Right.
1: Like, all, all that it is 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 deflection, without any of the fun and watchable stuff. It's just vitriol, really.
0: Yeah, I love this line. Candace asks uh, Karen in the car, "Do you feel like you've gotten all you needed from Robin?" And Karen goes, "I think I've gotten everything that Robin can give." <laughs> Which I like. Yeah. I felt was such shade. It it was essentially Karen being like, "I'm pulling blood from a stone at this point." To yeah, right to
1: like. Well, and I I love what Candace said here. She said, at the end of the day, you can see that... She loves him. Robin loves him. Sure. And... Now, does he love her? Who knows? But that doesn't... As far as this argument, doesn't really matter. Right. Because at that point, you know, whatever it is that she's doing, she's doing because she loves her man. And she's trying to protect him. Yeah. Which... I can get that, but tell me that story. But be honest about that. Like be honest about your intention. Right. Like if, if you were to come out here and say, look, I don't know all the details because I don't want to know all the details because at the end of the day, I'm standing by my husband. Right, I can stand by that. Don't
0: make the bullshit excuse about him wiping his phone. Like that's, that makes you look crazy in the same way that Ashley was looking crazy for seasons, defending Michael at the reunion about the butt grabbing stuff and all that. She would literally change her story in between seasons. And it was like, just say, I love my man. I'm sticking by my man. That's all you have
1: to say. Right. Like, I can at least get on board with that. I may not agree with your decision, but I can at least back up why you're making that decision.
0: Yeah. Candace goes, their situation's complicated. I love Wendy going, I don't care. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like if you want to be with him, if he cheats on you, goes to Canada, goes to Nigeria, I don't care. And I'm like, I'm with you, Wendy. D- yeah. Um. They arrive at the distillery. Karen apparently thought they were going to a brewery and not a distillery.
1: Cause and she could, Mia thought they were going to a, winer, uh, a winery.
0: Yeah, it was so uh, the, the way that the guy who owns it had to be like, "No, it's only it's only whiskey because it's a distillery."
1: Literally, <laughs> it it's multiple times because like they start out and and Karen goes, "Okay, now do you have beer?" N- no, this is. We only have whiskey and gin. Yeah. And then (laughs) Mia goes, okay, what about wine? (laughs) No, we have whiskey (laughs) and gin. And then they start on the tour and Karen goes, now this here, is this the beer? (laughs) And I'm like, Karen! Do you have short-term memory loss? (laughs) Like, what is going on?
0: Oh, God. The other girls go to the boot shop. Neka is telling them about how she was really disappointed with her wedding. Which she, 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 I'm on the point now that she is definitely high maintenance as fuck. She she was like, I hated the, I hated the dresses. I hated the, the, like, decorations. And they showed photos and it looked great. It looked stunning. And I was like, girl, I got married in a field. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. But she's like, (laughs) I still want to do my Nigerian traditional wedding, which I, fabulous which is the thing that i know that like they usually have two weddings like i know portia when she got married to simon did two separate weddings um and so she's i I think we might see that on the show it seems i don't know um that robin's like i hope we didn't like scare you off with the group and necker goes like i don't know what the issue is like i feel like you've been transparent with me the neck is bullshitting here because also you watch the season enough to know that lebe was at wendy's uh daughter uh-huh. sip and see, but you don't know why they're mad at robin
1: no give me a break
0: <laughs> come on uh and then giselle goes i feel like they made it about them like that for me is like disgusting oh it's disgusting giselle It's disgusting that they made it about them. Giselle's middle name should be makes it about Giselle makes it about myself, Bryant. Fuck off. Pretty much. Remember when the Monique Candice fight happened and she made it about herself, being like, I can't be around and associated with Monique because Jamal has a reputation to uphold as a pastor and like she.
1: Oh, back when she was still trying to convince us that she was with Jamal.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. (sighs) She's the worst. I hate Giselle. Also,
1: also, ma'am. You're mad at Robin for standing by Juan and you stood next to Jamal? Yeah. Jamal! Come
0: on. Um, uh, The ladies are drinking some more outside at the distillery and that. Uh, I hate that I laughed at this. A black crow, like, appears on, like, one of the fences. (laughs) And Wendy goes, you know my history with birds because of Monique's. Right. (laughs) Which I love when they play. I forgot how funny that scene "Ah!" (laughs) That was so great. And then Mia goes... That's not your mama, is it? And I hate the fact that I laughed.
1: I I laughed because it's because it's not personal. It's funny. Here's a Mia
0: is funny as right. as much as she's a liar. She's right. funny at times. I give her that.
1: But I can understand why Wendy didn't find totally. it funny.
0: Totally. When Wendy was like, "Don't do that. Let's not do that." I got it. I I understood completely. But I'm like,
1: I also good on Wendy for instead of lashing out. Yeah. She said, don't do that. This is why. This is painful. Can we not? And also,
0: Mia, you, we all, everyone came to your fence when Candace just happened to make your mama comments, so let's leave mamas out of it if we're going to be consistent. Um, And so Wendy, and I was glad that Wendy talked about, like, why this whole thing was upsetting. And she brings up the fact, too, which is that, like, what we had mentioned, like, weeks ago on the podcast, which is that. Catholicism also has shrines. Yep. There is there's the type like the stuff they're they're talking about. So it's like to assume and not just to assume but to cast the idea that it's particularly voodoo, that it's like something outside of Catholicism, right. even if it's true or not, because Wendy's like I don't know if it's true, but to try to spin it right as if it's some like evil machination is also fucked up. Right. Um, I'm glad she pointed it out. And she just basically talks about how the conversation's like really triggering to her, hearing her mother be aligned. And she breaks down crying and is like, you know, my mother fought hard for me, you know, all her life. And, you know, I write, you know, I don't like people who come for my mother basically. And I defend her to the end. And you could tell me i got it. Like she yeah. was like, I, I'm going to drop it. Like I understand that it's, you know, and it's going back to
1: it. I just don't. Yeah, it's Wendy's mother. Like you're not going to like. I will say she didn't apologize. She didn't apologize. No. She, she said, from here on out, I will not bring it back up. Yeah. Okay, but you did three seconds ago. But also so maybe, what about that? Here's
0: the thing maybe call out some other people when they continue right. to bring it up. That could be a, That
1: would be good too.
0: That could be an option. Yes, and. <laughs> so they all then head out to lunch together. They all meet at the same lunch spot. Um, Which next- is funny
1: because they just finished eating at the distillery. Right, right, right. Um, I was like, wasn't Wendy just eating some fried chips some um, fried shrimp and uh fries? <laughs> just eat some more. It's fine. It's all it's awesome. There's enough there's enough
0: really good food. Um NECA is uh telling them again about what they were she was telling the other girls about like the wedding and like <laughs> like Wendy is just like not focused at all on what NECA's saying.
1: Um, oh, by the way, nothing interesting happened at the boot shop
0: no, not really No. I mean. um n no, uh Neca talks about i forgot when she, why she mentioned it, but something about her husband being titled like there's a it's like 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 when you're it's something about like Nigerian culture when you're titled, but it allows uh <laughs> uh Neka talk to say like some people like pay it forward nowadays, and Robin goes like a blue check. Uh, Karen goes, "What is this like buying titles thing?" And Robin goes, "You know how you and me bought your
1: blue checks on Twitter." And so this was funny to me. Like, I didn't think that she was bringing it up to be shady either. No, 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 no. But then uh, Karen took it as an assault on her character. Well, it is.
0: It is a big insult to, to accuse someone of paying for a blue check mark,
1: Which not on did. Elon's internet. Although I will say, uh, Karen. uh, tweeted that she was waiting on her uh, refund from Apple Pay. Yeah. <laughs> Robin goes, you and me are the only ones still with
0: the blue check. And Karen goes, maybe they like me and they don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy checks it and she's like, no, Karen, you're definitely subscribed. Karen goes, I am innocent. I would have never played for a blue check. Candace goes, how did your credit card get in? Get in the?" And Karen goes, Apple
1: Pay did it.
0: I'm going to call Apple Pay and we're going to have a conversation. I am innocent.
1: Apple Pay is not a Place it's a feature.
0: <laughs> I
1: just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Yeah, but Karen, like, it was again the fun sort of like shit yeah. moment. And you could tell Karen was playing into it. I,
1: like, I'm assuming that the whole like titles, because she tied it back to the land. Oh, I'm assuming right, right. that it's very similar to like, um, like titles in in England. Yeah, right, right, right. Like you have like duches and like dukes and all of those sorts of things it's just a different culture or culture so there's different titles but it works probably the same Same way way. in that the amount of land that you own is how much or what title you have right something like that yeah that makes sense
0: um ashley tells them that after they uh, uh eat they're gonna go do chicken shit bingo and karen's just like what is there, is there a real chicken there? Because we know Karen, she don't fuck with a dirty bird.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> so Karen's all just freaking out. if There's real chickens. Um, Mia asks Ashley about how the divorce is going. And Ashley's like, it's going, you know, there's still logistical things to work out, custody, et cetera. And Candace in her commercial, just go, cause Candace just sighing this 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 whole time she goes, has she even filed for divorce? Do we even know? I understand this is the man who plucked her off the curb and put her in the condo in the sky, but also, bitch, put your Nikes on and run. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, like, but, like I have that from even last season when Candace was saying it, I was like, bitch, I would get this divorce as quick as possible. Part of it, why I still don't think it's happening is because this shit that we're seeing with the house. And I don't think Ashley fully wants a full
1: divorce. Yeah. Cause then she's limited in what fun she has access to. Yeah. Whereas, if she still has access to the man, she got access to all the money yeah,
0: all the money and none of the uh the um pay or yeah none of the payment you could say different kind of payment
1: carnal responsibilities that's
0: a good okay, yeah sure that's a <laughs> Is that a phrase? Is that a real thing?
1: I just made it up today.
0: I like that. There we go. Um, Mia Mia then uses this to uh, ask Candace. So Candace like, Michael Darby, is he suing you? And Candace goes, I'm not speaking on that in this group. Robin sees this as her moment. Robin loves to just sort of like try to fall into a point, but then just get owned because Robin goes, so can we get like a list of what we're supposed to talk about and what we're not supposed to talk about? And Candace goes, no, let's not be dense another day. <laughs> and the way she stopped Robin in her tracks and goes, be dense? you saying dense? It was very much the... Remember the old clip of Karen telling Robin, you are the dizziest bitch sitting here at this table. And Robin goes, the dizziest what? And Karen goes, bitch. And Robin goes, oh, Like, yes, Robin, you're being fucking dense right now. Like, Candace goes, Robin, you're not dumb. It's a legal matter. I know you kind of went against that when you spoke about your husband's legal matter. I don't know if that helped you. I'm not making those decisions. Like, again, going back, like, yeah, duh. Like, you not sharing about Juan possibly cheating on you is not the same as Candace talking about a fucking lawsuit.
1: Yeah, it's literally not the same thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And she's mentioning the lawsuit. She's just saying, I cannot talk about the details of it. Uh, Robin goes, his legal matter has nothing to do with anything. And when he goes, a Title IX violation has nothing to do with why a university, you know, and he was fired, uh, why a university fired him. Robin basically tries to maintain at this point that, look, the state of Maryland is representing Juan because they know that it's all bullshit. And she tries to, like, lay out, like, the process. I'm like,
1: again... I will say that that is all true. What? I I did research this in the the case like the 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 um the school is still representing him. Is it the case. school that's representing him or the I, state? I think it's the school because the state is the one that is leveraging the charges. I just think that she Oh, are they the one lever- Oh, Okay. Because the any any type of like I think it's that no, because it's it's civil charges, so that's different. Because my uh, cause thing it's also, not criminal. Because
0: my thing was like her being like, "Well, the state of Maryland is you know with Juan." I'm like, "Well, that doesn't really like it's it's not the greatest thing of anything." As two people who are from Texas, and the state of Texas is doing a lot of fucked up shit legally right now. Yeah, that doesn't mean they're on the right side of things.
1: Right? No, the school is is paying for his representation. Right. So it's like, yeah. Like they're, they're standing with him. If they thought he did something wrong, they would have cut him off. Right. So
0: basically, they decide they're, they're all going to head to the Hotel to change before going to the Chicken Ship Bingo. As they're walking down to the Sprinter Vans, Giselle just going. Robin asked a good question. What can we talk about? What can't we talk about? Like, very audibly. like so It's like, Giselle, shut the fuck up. Are you You don't have to be Robin's fucking hype man all the fucking time. You're so antagonistic. And it's not, and not in a fun way. Not in a, like, ooh, yeah, you're being shady way. You're being antagonistic and shit that's none of your
2: fucking business.
1: Also, when you start talking about everything then you can start coming after Candace for not talking about stuff. Right. Also, you could talk about this lawsuit all you want to cuz it has nothing to do with you and your statements on the on it will not have any bearing in a court of law. Right. Cuz you're not involved. Candace making a statement much and I may get some people to come after me on this one, much like Erica. Sure. Cannot make statements on this show, and you've always maintained that I yeah. have always maintained that that Erica was in the right to not discuss the lawsuits on camera. But can like Candace is
0: right. Like can't like just any legal expert would tell you. Like that old phrase, anything you say, canon will be used against you in the court of law, is a real fucking phrase, uh-huh. and it means something. Like you know. The, the the whole basis of the lawsuit is shit that she said on camera. Right. So why the fuck wouldn't she not talk about the lawsuit? Like, the, <laughs> she's not making the same mistake twice.
1: You know what I mean? Not that she made any mistake in
0: the first sure. place. It's, I believe it's a frivolous lawsuit, but whatever. Um, me, they're all getting in the sprint event again to head out to chicken ship bingo. And Mia's, uh, is like, you know, it's nice to see, you know, Robin and Candace, you know, sitting together. Robin goes, I'm not interested in a conversation. I feel like trying to imply something that, you know, I said, you know, had to do with Juan being fired. I'm like, whether it's, I don't even think that's what Candace was saying. That like you, by you saying that that was the reason Ron, Juan got fired, he probably got fired for a multitude of fucking things. Like I don't think he simply
1: got fired because he didn't win enough games. He probably got got fired because he stuck his dick in too many things. Sure, there's that. That's his track record. Let's just go with that. Yeah,
0: Candace like I just don't think it's smart to speak on a legal situation. And Robin goes, "This is the worst part of everything, you know that we have been going through." And she starts crying. <laughs> and I love Candace because. Please don't cry because I don't have any tissues.
1: <laughs> she has no cry angles for you.
0: Yeah. Saying it's a Title IX violation, you don't know what you're talking about. You don't need to tear me down. You don't want me to turn into the fucking villain. I didn't do shit to none of y'all,
1: and then <laughs> Did, didn't do
0: shit to none. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in terms like even if you want to talk about the stuff outside of the stuff that we're talking about, you did shit to that, whatever, fine. But Robin's crying and is upset. And even Wendy and Candace are like, Oh girl, like you don't have to like, it's not this serious. Like trying to check on her. Um, I mean, yeah, at least I saw some people being like, yeah, at least there's a good moment of like vulnerability from Robin that we haven't gotten this season. But like, again, I would, would I love it to be pointed in a different direction?
1: 1000%. like,
0: Point to your man.
1: And here's the thing. I started this show loving Robin. Yeah, you were a Robin fan. It took a lot for me to turn on Robin. Yeah. But these last couple seasons have been egregious. I never hated her.
0: Like, like before this, like, before last season, I did not actively
1: hate her in
0: in any which way. I hated Giselle.
1: But, like... I also liked Giselle from the beginning. And then, again, in the last, like... Two to three seasons.
0: But haven't I also pointed this up from before that and being like, look at this shit again with some different eyes. And you're like,
1: yeah. Sure. I still think this is just me. That in that first episode at that party sure you you, Karen was wrong to show up with that book on etiquette you
0: were very anti Karen from that moment on and to me she just
1: rubbed me the wrong way
0: to me I just found it funny and I think once you realize that Karen's just funny like it's very it's Karen and Heavenly are very similar in that regard because it's just like i don't take them seriously like it's not like a you know there's a banter and it's not it's more about the banter than it is about like
1: a serious point sure but i can still then be i can still understand why people would not like her why they would have a problem with her i mean we had the whole thing last season on married to medicine with uh contessa like confronting sure heavenly right. for some of some of the bullshit she said yeah And I think rightfully so, even though it was handled poorly. Yeah. Like, Karen does say some fucked up shit and need to be held accountable for it, but I do think for the most part she's just funny and mostly harmless.
0: Yeah. I think Giselle, I just, I always saw, like, a slight malicious side to certain things that Giselle was doing. Sure. Even as early as, like, the first season stuff with Katie and, like, sort of, like. Her oh, being, yeah. No, her that being, wasn't okay. And her being mixed and stuff like that. There was an element where I was like, okay, there's a judgmental side to you. Oh,
1: so she's always been colorist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, like. Okay. You know, when, when that comes into play. I don't ever, I never found Robin too outwardly malicious. I think she lobbed, lobbed on to Giselle. Because they were friends and she, I feel like Robin's the type of person to just sort of, you know, gain the personality of whoever that she is like sort of like closest with. Yeah. She has that vibe to me. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was more what it was than sort of like, I think if without Giselle, Robin wouldn't have sort of her worst moments.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. 100 percent yeah so that was potomac for this
0: week like we mentioned much better episode this week hopefully they can keep it up um but we're going to take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode of married to medicine don't go anywhere
1: Welcome back to Again Gay and MB. Let's head on down to the ATL where we see Quad move from her previous home at a casket to her new home in a hotel room in the basement on Married to Medicine.
0: Married to Medicine for this week. It's getting, like we mentioned in the offset, it's getting really interesting in the world of Married to Medicine right now. Um, we talked, I think we talked last week with Cell about how Quad had commented on that post, basically saying like, you got me for two more episodes. And that's it. And we're kind of starting to see that come to
1: fruition. Especially with the, the preview for next week. Right. So, like, it's just, I, is, this, is this whole trip designed for them to have a, okay, once we get home, we never have to see you ass again?
0: Yeah, we'll get to, we'll get to our theories on that. I'm wondering what your thoughts are of, like, wh- who, whose intention is what. I, and I think that's a lot of the question I have with multiple people. Here in this group. Yeah. Like we'll get to also with Heavenly too. Heavenly's been saying a lot as she usually does online after the fact. So mm-hmm. I think that also has been adding to things. Um, we start the episode sort of in the main with, with this topic immediately, basically because Heavenly Toya, Jackie and Simone are getting together for lunch and Toy is talking about how that she's planning a trip to Napa Valley to haul to introduce her wine collection and sort of like do more. Like she's meeting with you know people involved in the companies and stuff like that. So it's also sort of a business thing as well.
1: I know that this is not the scene where they call this the core four, or maybe it is. I think it
0: is actually. Yeah.
1: Um. So okay. I think Samo
0: makes a joke about so it. So
1: they call this the core four. I find it funny, though, that Heavenly didn't come in until Season 2.
0: Technically, she's not. Quad
1: is actually the the fourth member of the Core Four. Sure. And Quad, meaning four. Uh, Oh. To me, that's just. Symbolism. (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, Quad, Toya, Jackie, and Simone were all in Season 1. Right. They're the only ones left from Season 1. Um. Also, because I was going through, I don't know if uh, any of y'all know this. I have on our um, our link tree a guide to seasons of Housewives mm-hmm. in order. I went through today and put in the married, slotted in all Married to Medicine because there's enough crossover at this point with Phaedra being a mainstay on this season, right? Um, and with those stories coming with her, and with Jackie and Simone have been on Atlanta, you know. Like, here and there. Yeah. And also, we forget, Phaedra was a guest on season three of Married to Medicine as well. She appeared there as well. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Uh, so, she's... Did you she also wasn't... see...
0: Did I, out, did I tell you who also makes an appearance? I think on season three as well of uh, Married to Medicine. And you, in background of, like, one of the events, we see fucking Cousin Courtney. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So, she went around these parts for a little bit.
1: Oh, so it wasn't that she just moved back.
0: Uh huh. Mm hmm. I should, Ralph saw that, was watching old episodes and said, "You." <laughs> like...
1: <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to know how to do good TV in Atlanta, right now, watch Married Medicine.
0: Yeah. Um, so Toy is talking and she says like, look, the bottom line is I don't, it doesn't make sense for Quad to be there because it's business number one. And at the funeral home, when she went around to each of us, you know, asking her to accept her back, there was never an apology for anything that she did wrong.
1: And so I, I'm, I've been yeah. wondering how we're going to talk about this. It is kind of rich that <laughs> Phaedra has that same point of view. Sure. Like, and like, and, and Why? Well, come on this is not the most apologizingest group i have ever seen
0: yeah i mean everyone falls into that problem i mean it's i mean even that one season when jackie had that bad season like it took her a while to apologize like it happens oh
1: i forgot about the dark season yeah
0: we don't talk about that season jackie's perfect and she's done nothing wrong
1: ever (laughs) ever
0: um but no like
1: so and simone has done wrong but she was iconic while doing it so we forgive her
0: yeah Uh, I'm trying to, like, figure out how we talk about this because I feel like there's a third, like, a fourth wall answer and then a non-fourth wall answer to, like, what is happening. Let's talk about it all. Well, because, like, so, like, uh, the main point that everyone's kind of making here is that Quad isn't taking accountability for herself. Like, even Heavenly in that scene last week with Quad was very much, like, you can't say you should have done stuff better and we should have done stuff better own your part of it. Like you, like, et cetera. Right. And it's, uh, it's all in this discussion also about like, sort of the, the, it's all in this topic of like quiet. Isn't reaching out to us, but she's expecting us to reach out to her, et cetera, et cetera. And she's playing victim mm-hmm. in that regard. But part of it, the re like part of the reason why it becomes an issue is that like on the outside, it, It does feel like, okay, ladies, you are being kind of like, she was going through shit with her divorce. She was going through all this other stuff with like sweet tea, getting married to to Greg and stuff like that. And so what shit that she didn't reach out to you, you're her friends, whether she reached out to you or not, just like put it all down and sort of like, why are you harping on this? Right. Especially later in this episode that you get that sense. But then when you look at it with the fourth wall down, about how a lot of this is about contract negotiations as well. Right. And about how, and Heavenly said it on with Carlos King uh, this week, which was just like, unless we're filming, Quad doesn't talk to us. She doesn't interact with us. She doesn't call us. She doesn't like it's, it's whether it's that's part of the reason why when these contract shit was happening, it was so frustrating was because. It's not about us. You don't care about us. You care about obviously being on the show. And heavenly in the Carlos King thing, is like, "Fine, make your money. I have no problem with a bitch negotiating and doing whatever." But and but and also heavenly kind of sold out production cuz she was like, "Stuff was getting back to us about her being like, why does Jackie make the same money I do?" And right. et cetera, which I think is bullshit cuz Jackie,
1: well, from a professional standpoint, they absolutely should not have no. leaked that back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from a personal standpoint, absolutely, fucking, they should have leaked that shit back. Yeah, because the Cause idea that's that fucked
0: up. I don't think Quad deserve. I think Quad, Quad's not this amazing star. I get. I get. She's a really vital part to the show. Right, and she brings a certain element to the show that I think is missing with her gone. I do. Th- I think it will be a loss to the show if we lose Quad. I fully believe that.
1: I but do, th- but I think that role can be filled with by Phaedra if Phaedra will step up and take it. Sure,
0: but my my big thing is like not everyone Quad's not a household name. No, you know what I mean. She's not candy. Right, she's not like you know certain of these other people. She's not Lisa Rinna, even like right, you know, like she's like the idea that you would demand more money in comparison to other people who are also contributing to this because right. Jackie contributes her own thing. Is she the dramatic messy person who will cuss you the fuck out and fight you? No, but
1: she brings something, a vital part to the show as well. And let's not forget what Mariah said. You're not even married to medicine. My love. Sure. Sure.
0: Well, and I saw a lot of people also being like, this is kind of Quad getting a taste of her own medicine because she was perfectly fine icing out Mariah. Right. And so now Which it's kind of coming I'd back rather to her. have
1: Mariah fill that role than anybody else. Yeah. Like, I love Phaedra. Phaedra's iconic. And since I can't have her on Atlanta, I'm happy to have her here. I wonder if they. But would... I need Mariah back on my TV somewhere.
0: I wonder if they would be open to that. Like, in terms of those things. Here's my thing, though. I also sympathize with Quad in certain regards. Like, I sympathize with Quad in the sense that if they did not tell her they were bringing Sweet Tea on production. Right. That is fucked up. I do think. Like, and I also sympathize with her in the sense that they are kind of giving Greg a pass in many regards. Not just the show... But the group. They are because Cecil and, and Curtis and Eugene are friends with him, it's kind of just like, yeah, it's Greg's back. We're all friends, not acknowledging that like he fuck was abusive in that relationship.
1: Yeah. And like you I know, mean, not that Quad's hands were clean, but he was clearly in the power position there right. and abused and leveraged that power in that relationship. And so
0: I can understand why it's difficult to want to have any relationship with those people. Right. Um, And you also have to think of the dynamic of, like, remember when she got Sister Circle and it was already, I mean, it was a thing on the show, too, of her being like, well, she has Sister Circle. She doesn't need us now.
1: Well, right. Well, and that's the same thing that Heavenly's talking about later at the, the dinner. Yeah. She talks about how Quad, once Quad became friends with Phaedra, she didn't need Heavenly anymore. Right. But Quad has a history of doing that. Like you said, she did it with Sister Circle and dropped everybody else and just stopped coming around. Like, she started... Like, Wasn't that the whole basis with the
0: Mariah stuff as well? In the in the early seasons was that Mariah brought her on as her close ally, but once Quad got integrated, like, Mariah felt as though, like, Quad was,
2: like,
1: didn't need her, essentially? Kinda, yeah. Well, and, what's funny, though, is that there's a history on Bravo... Of when a new girl is brought in as a friend of someone else mm-hmm. that's already been on the show, yeah, there is then a rift that immediately happens, yeah, and then you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So like, <laughs> it's it, it it happens every time. Nobody remains friends with somebody when they bring that friend onto their show that they were already on.
2: Yeah,
0: um, but yeah. So I love Simone and the Confessional going. The resurrection event left a really bad taste in my mouth and not just formaldehyde.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so good. I love how she just calmly lays out. Shade. I love Simone's way of communicating. I find the
0: just so intriguing to me. The like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I love it so much. Um, but they're talking, and like Heavenly mentions again that like Quad isn't there for them, and basically, you know, once she abandons us, whenever she has a you know better relationship with someone, like you mentioned, like how like once she had Phaedra, like you know, she kind of cut her off. Like she said, like she brings up the idea that like you know we haven't really communicated since even when I was at her house, you know, last episode basically, and it was like a week time and they hadn't yeah. communicated. Um, Toya basically says, there needs to be a conversation where the three of you are going to basically state the case. We need to hold her accountable and say, this is your last trip.
1: I love how Toya says, the three of you, and then we. Yeah. It's like, Toya.
0: So, and it, it was so interesting, the, the, like, it was crazy. We were talking about it where it's just, like, they're basically deciding whether Quad can stay on the show. Which yeah. I'm sure Giselle was watching being like, oh, wait, you can do that? Like, <laughs> Well, it's wild because I guess if you have it, the numbers.
1: Well, it's it's literally a like a survivor thing. Do we have the votes? Yeah. Do we have can we blindside this person? Like, do they have an idol? I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and what do you think of Toya's role in this? Because I saw a lot of dialogue about that online as well, and that Toya isn't coming in this with the best intentions and just wants Quad out.
1: I I feel like that could be the surface of it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I do think that Toya is, I, I love Toya, absolutely have always loved Toya. Yeah. Part of that is because I love Eugene so much. <laughs> sure. But part of it is just because I love her. I think she's. I love all of these women, to be honest. Um, this season, um, last season, not so much. Um, <laughs> we don't talk about Neela. <laughs> uh, who? Who? No. Uh, uh, a uh, a kneel, a nil, anyway. Um, so I, I want to hope that she has the best of intentions, right? But I also know she's petty as hell. Yeah. And she holds a grudge. I don't think
0: she has the best of intentions. We'll get to it when they get to the actual winery.
1: But I do think that her move in removing herself from that discussion yeah. and instead saying, You guys need to do that. I think that was smart because she knows that she can't have that conversation with Quad because she doesn't have the connection anymore to go there. Right. And she knows that any, like, if she were to try to go there with Quad, it's just you're being petty. It would and... just, it would devolve.
0: Yeah. And I think I saw a lot of people being like, that Toya was sort of like using that, using Simone and Jackie and Heavenly, like playing them like puppets or whatever to sort of like get Quad out and being like they flipped. Like, I, I don't think that's the case. Only I'm, I'm, I'm. I think Toya would want to do that.
1: Try to but, pull Simone's strings.
0: Sure, but I think, I think that's harder to maintain when it seems like everyone does have genuine issues. Right. Jackie has has said separately the issues that she has with Quad. Simone, Heavenly, and they're the same issues. Like,
1: and they're, Jackie's know. not somebody who just goes along. Right. Especially not with something this big. She had... At that meeting, you could tell that she was mourning the loss of Quad yeah. already. Because she knew. And Simone had the same look on her face. It was grave. Mm. It was like, this is going to be one of the most difficult conversations that we've ever had to have. Also, this is going to hurt someone we care for dearly. Also,
0: according to Heavenly on Carlos King as well, apparently the funeral the we saw a mild version of what happened at the funeral home. Yeah. Like it was apparently much worse in terms of the Oof. argument argumentativeness and also like Toy and Quad pretty much almost came to blows. So and we saw a little bit of that, but like not like as far as it went, apparently.
1: I'm I'm really frustrated. That, I know this is kind of a side thing, but thinking thinking about things that we also didn't see, I'm frustrated that apparently the foot was put down of we're not talking about Phaedra's time on Housewives.
0: Right. That was fascinating that Heavenly said that. That she was like, I wanted to bring it up, and Phaedra went to production and was like, and production had to tell me, like, you're scaring the bitch off. Like, you can't, like... I. I both get it and don't get it. Like, I both get it in the sense of like, yeah, it is a thing where you accused your, again, you spread a rumor about your.
1: Which coworker. she has still never owned up to.
0: Never. she still blamed production and, and all that stuff. But like, you can't like, why? This is, there's a reason you're not on Atlanta anymore. And you're on this show. Like. Yeah. There's an elephant. There's a, a, a blaring elephant in the room. Like, let's talk about it. I, you know, um, yeah. I and I agree with um Carlos King talking about that it I am a little frustrated that Phaedra hasn't shown more of her life. I mean, people would may would make the argument that Phaedra didn't show a lot of her life on Housewives beyond her and Apollo.
1: So like I don't know that you can say that really. Uh I mean we saw a lot with her and her kids. We saw a lot about all that drama with Apollo. Sure. We saw like we saw a good I think it's like, in moments. lots of different careers that she went in. But like, I think we there's saw a, a lot. I think there's a lot
0: of like she was on for what, like seven seasons? Seven seasons. And yeah. like there were a lot of outstanding questions about Phaedra's life, about sort of why the way she was. Like I think like Did she have a season off? No.
1: Then it was seven to, it was three to ten.
0: Three to nine. So six. Okay. But like, yeah, it's like there, I can understand. I don't think it's a fully like, it's similar to, similar to Kyle on Beverly Hills where it's like, yeah, you do share stuff. It's not that you don't share stuff, but we also don't get to the nitty gritty of like
1: why you share, you share facts in order to avoid sharing feelings. Right.
0: And that, and that's kind of doesn't give you a full
1: depth of a person all the time but that but we've gotten that from other people elsewhere i mean it's not exclusive to phaedra yeah it's not exclusive to phaedra but it's also like makes sense for her personality yeah like yeah that's of course Phaedra's not going to do that because that's just that's phaedra yeah
0: um and then toya basically says like look we just need to set the tone going forward and i'm like well you didn't do a great job of that when you got to the winery we'll get to it um so we go to heavenly in her house and she's in the kitchen and Alora comes in and Alora is like wrapped in some like sweater sort of thing like covering something up she's um heavenly's like i was trying to schedule a time where we can visit the schools and Alora goes I was thinking more, and, you know, FAMU, and she reveals her that she's wearing the FAMU uh, shirt or whatever. I was Heavenly just going, why you got that on? Why you repping my school? And Elora goes, it should be, why you repping our school? And so Elora got accepted into FAMU. And I thought this was really sweet. Also, holy... I, I never realized it up until this point. Alora
1: is a mini uh, Heavenly. I mean, I feel like we've talked about it, but it's mostly been in looks and like here and there. Like, she talks just like her. Her cadence is like perfect lockstep with he- yeah. Heavenly. It was so funny because she literally said, okay, now don't cry. And I thought that that was Heavenly and it was Allura. And I was like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah. what is happening
0: and and heavenly's yeah you know, uh, heavenly eventually is like i'm proud of you you know etc it was sweet like i felt like this was always going to be the result of Heavenly. Uh, yes you could tell when heavenly was making the comments like they got too much wind over there and like it was very much just like she knew what was gonna we didn't happen. have all that wind yeah but i also love it's like oh you're majoring biology you're trying to follow my footsteps you're a mini heavenly <laughs> and she, but she is literally a mini heavenly <laughs> It's crazy. Um, we then go from there. We then go to Simone and Cecil. They're taking Miles and Michael to go condo looking because Simone has basically decided that she's going to buy them a condo uh, because she, she said something like she already wanted to do like investment properties or like buy something that she could invest in. So like this is a better option than like paying rent for them. It's just some random apartments, which I guess is correct. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I thought it was. I think it's interesting. <laughs> It's one of those things where it's like – because Simone t- has been talking about like we, we've we basically coddled our kids essentially in many regards. But I find also when you are the type of parents that coddle your kids, you kind of go – it's like you jump three steps forward. Yeah. And you go like, here's a condo and here's like a, a full list of rules that I am setting out for this that you must abide by and therefore, you know.
1: Well, to me, it's it's always so weird when parents coddle their kids. And then they go, okay, um, we have provided everything you could ever want, need, or imagine for the last 24 years, and now you are homeless. Good luck. Yeah. It's like, girl. Now, she's not doing that. Right. But usually... It's zero to a hundred real quick. Well, she's like, if you, she went to 60. Well, she's basically
0: like, so like Michael, you have one year with no rent miles. You have two years. Cause, uh, or no other way around, whichever one's younger has two years.
1: Right. Uh, and which is bullshit. Cause the younger one is 22. The older one is 24. Younger one is getting screwed out of a year.
0: That's true. That's yeah. In fairness, but like you're gonna any violation of these rules, you'll get immediately evicted, and you're not coming back home. Essentially, so, whatever. And I love that. I think it was Miles was just like, yeah, that's not have. Like we're coming back home.
1: Like yeah, like, like we know all the codes. <laughs> like you can't. I love
0: that Mike. Michael at one point is like, oh, this is gonna be some bullshit. I'm like, <laughs> the way that I find, like, I mean, it. I could never talk to my parents like that, but I think like, it's like Simone and Cecil. it's kind of the way Simone and Cecil talk to them. And it's kind yeah. of like a mutual like, yeah, yeah, sort yeah. Of, like thing in a way I would both love and hate to be Simone and
1: Cecil's children. <laughs> I would be fine with being Cecil's child.
0: Yeah. I would be
1: fine with Simone being my auntie. That's true. I would love to visit, but I would... Simone would be an amazing auntie. Yeah. Mom. Look, she's an amazing mom. But I think the experience while you're living in it might be a little bit much for me. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Um, Toya is packing for Napa and she's talking to Eugene about like the plan for everything. <laughs> I love Eugene telling her, This is your weekend about, you know, your business and your brand. With Quad, you know, there's an automatic argument. You know, she's a powder keg and Toya goes, A who? <laughs> it's like Toya, you've never heard th- It's not that out there of a fucking statement. Anyways.
1: It's a pretty, pretty standard turn of phrase.
0: But I love that you, here's the thing. I find Eugene balances things. Like, I could see that, like, this conversation veering into sort of people's dialogue of, like, men staying in, keeping it, staying in women's business on Housewives. But I understand, like, Eugene has a right to kind of, like, be mad at Quad with, like, the sort of, like, stuff that was happening last season. And I just think, like, he's very, like, honest about it. He's not, he's not, like, you know. Cut her out of your life and fucking, you know, fuck her, blah, blah, blah. He's just like, I just feel like she's a, you know, very antagonistic
1: I do have two points that I want to make on that. Number one, it is bullshit to say stay out of women's business. Sure. In my opinion, because the second that you say men can't be in this business is putting men on a different level. Right, and that's just reinforcing patriarchal bullshit, misogynistic bullshit, and we're not doing that in 2023. We're just heading into 2024. We're not doing that shit. Yeah. Um. Number one. Number two. This is Eugene's bullshit to be in, right? Because Quad accused him as much as Toya. Of being involved in that robbery of the woman that we don't speak and about.
0: And also accusing Toya of sleeping outside the marriage. And right. That, that's that his marriage him.
1: too. So, I mean, there's, he was wrapped up in all of that. Yeah. And so he has every right to be concerned. Also, Ooh. even if he wasn't, he has every right to be concerned of the physical and mental well-being of his, of his wife. Yeah,
0: that should be fascinating. And he foremost. should be
1: able to express that concern and if he is there defend her yeah
0: and then toya says if she can't give an apology that's meaningful she's more than welcome to work on a relationship with each individual lady so for her to say that so explicitly i'm like i don't think it's a one or done thing i don't think it's toya basically saying we need to cut her out completely right at least as i mean that's what she's presenting on camera you know whatever but i think that's a big part of it um, they all go to the airport and then head to Napa, and when they arrive, they all get on a Sprinter van. Well, all not almost all of them. Some of them are, like, Jackie, Phaedra, and Quad are behind. Some, uh, but Toyota doesn't to even know if, if mm-hmm. Quad's coming.
1: So, let me... Because back at the beginning of the episode, we see a little, a little one of those quick scenes, those mini scenes that they're using to transition between right. several people. We see a bit about... Toya calling this place and setting this trip up. Oh, right, 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 yeah. So she calls and says, I have about eight of my girlfriends coming out, and I want to do this, that, and the other thing. This place looks great. I want to book us for that. So either she called them back and said, never mind, it's seven. Yeah. Or... During that phone call, they told her, "Well, we don't have room for eight. We have room for seven. Is that okay?" Sure. Either way, yeah. But also, some of them are in. There joint- was an active choice to exclude quad.
0: But also, some of them are in joint beds or, or or in like rooms that have like at least two beds. Like some people are in the same room. Basically, we'll we'll get to it when the the whole like stuff, the bedroom stuff, actually lays out. But like, I, I yeah, I don't know what that was. Like the you know it could be that could just be producer shit. I don't know. Like could be. Um, they all get onto the sprinter. <laughs> I love Simone teasing Sweet Tea, going, "Come on, toddler tea. I got your passy in the bag." And Sweet Tea goes, "The only passy I have is my man's." I'm like, "Don't call," because she's talking about his penis, right?
2: I think so. I... Also,
1: is it that small? <sighs> I mean, fine. I'm not a size queen, but like. Is that why he talks like this? (laughs) Oh my. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Anyway.
0: (laughs) Um, Sweetie talked about how this is her first time in California at all. And Simone's like, this is the second time for us being part of something monumental in your life. And Heavenly goes, I wanted to celebrate your special day. I'm like, oh God. (laughs) Heavenly just finds a moment to get in there. And Sweetie goes, I mean, you actually did not want to celebrate. You said that we're not the perfect match, and Heavenly goes, "Look, your man's fifty, fifty-five, and you're thirty, and it's just not going to mess with a little girl and a grown ass man." Look, Heavenly needs to stop calling her a little girl.
1: <laughs> she does need to stop calling her little girl, but also Sweetie needs to drop this because Heavenly's right.
0: So, well, yes, <laughs> I love but like I also love Simone going, "Keep it nice, keep it nice," and Heavenly just goes. Your man old as dirt. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, But my point is that like heavenly has raised nothing but valid concerns. Yeah. Sure. Is there a fuck ton of shade in there mixed in? Yes, but it wouldn't be heavenly. Otherwise (sighs) like what one of her concerns are not based on what sweet tea has told them and valid. Yeah. Yeah. Name them. Name, Name them. a concern. Name a concern that wasn't in that. Because from what I heard, Sweet Tea said, um, "Sorry, Heavenly said there is an age gap here that is concerning." Issue number one. Issue number two. Sweet Tea has expressed that some of the complaints that Quad had a bit about Greg Me-er. are valid. Yeah, and that she has seen those echoed in their relationship. Right. That's a huge fucking red flag. That's a red flag factory. <laughs> so, like, I get it. I get why Heavenly's like, look, maybe this ain't gonna last. Yeah, maybe this is a bad idea. Hold up, pump the brakes.
0: To- <laughs> Toya tells Heavenly, J- "You just need to own something in this." And Heavenly goes, "If you feel I did something wrong." I did something wrong and I apologize. And so to squash it and then sweet tea goes, just be there for me. And this part was, I, I love. So. They've been airing commercials for Married to Medicine since the new season got announced and stuff like that. And I have been quoting this scene that they keep playing in the commercials it's over so and over again, all, like almost verbatim to Merlin, like out of nowhere. Sweet Tea just goes, I ain't going to confide in you no mo," And Simone goes, no mo or no more? And Sweet Tea goes, no mo," And Simone goes, okay. Okay. <laughs> It's in every ad for Married to Medicine. It's so good. And it's just, just Simone going, okay. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, it's great. Uh, they all arrive at the resort. Um, th- this is where S- uh, Simone asks Toya, like, where are you putting Quad? And is like, I didn't get a room for her. I didn't know she was coming or whatever. Again, I, have qu- I genuinely have questions for that. Like, what the,
1: f- like. Like, you called and said eight people. We have it on camera. Eight people. Yeah. Let's count them. Jackie. Simone. Toya, Quad, <laughs> Phaedra, um, Sweet Tea, Sweet Tea, um, Alicia, yes,
0: and Toya, Toya, Quad, Heavenly, Simone, Jackie, Sweet Tea, Alicia, um, Phaedra. Yeah, Phaedra. that's eight. Yeah, that's
1: eight. What happened to the eighth bed? <laughs> the what mysterious happened to the eighth, eighth bed? bed? It's in the basement, like Quad said. <laughs> it's in the basement. Okay, I get it now. Um, t-
0: t- but Toy is asking people if Qu- they'll let Quad stay in their room. And I love having to go, I'm going to answer for Jackie, because Jackie doesn't always speak her mind. <laughs> but then as she says that, uh, Toya gets the text, she goes, uh, yeah, so Jackie said no with eight O's. <laughs> <laughs> and then Phaedra t- apparently texted, no, I don't wish to do that. <laughs> I can hear that in Phaedra, Phaedra's voice. <laughs>
1: No, I would not like to do that.
0: (laughs) So basically, like, okay, so Alicia, you're the newbie, you get quad, and she's like, "That's fine." Um,
1: While I I do love that Simone was like, "I have an idea. That bitch can take her. Ain't nobody else want her. She can take her." Yeah, and then she basically goes, "I I, sure."
0: (laughs) that's the lightest hazing you can get from this group it's fine
1: Uh, the lightest stuck in a room with quad that's light that could be fun
0: i mean quad can be fun when she's fun
1: yeah i'm just saying Um, on this trip do you think quad is going to find fun within herself here's the thing
0: i don't think she'll be have a roommate for long based (laughs) on how it seems like things are going um, they uh, they end up going bike riding while they're still waiting for everybody else to come oh my god they're riding the bike and racing but Alicia's kickstand didn't get like she didn't bring her kickstand back up so it's still like hanging off of there and I'm like she's gonna crash
1: <laughs> Like, like I'm sitting here the whole time staring at the kickstand and then I mention it to Amon, and Eamon's like oh god oh god the kickstand and then who was it that said something <laughs> to her Heavenly mentioned the kickstand to her and it's like What's going to happen? And then nothing
0: happened. She heavily (laughs) interprofessional. She's not dumb, but compared to the other bitches, she seems to be that way because we're so brilliant. (laughs) Sure. Heavily. Okay. Um, They end up up getting massages. Sweet Tea then joins them because I love Sweet Tea was like, I'm not riding bikes. (laughs) Fuck that. Um, uh, Sweet Tea talks about, I love my room. I have a bathtub. And Simone goes. I have a shower with multiple shower heads. And they get to the discussion of how much they love that. Somewhere off in the distance, Meredith Marks was like, Why you have a room with a bathtub? Like, <laughs> everyone's going to get a room. With- Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Sweet- ah! Sweet- Sweet- Sweetie, says- Sweetie says that when she was in uh, the room, she called Gregory. And she's like, Yeah, I told him what Heavenly said on the bus. And Toy's like, Why? <laughs> like, <laughs> But also, did you notice when they flash back to her calling him Sweet Tea says something to Greg about like, yeah, she's trying to say that you got like worms and stuff. I was like, worms.
2: <laughs> what did they cut
0: from this conversation? Uh,
1: either they cut a lot from the conversation, or the ones with worms is Sweet Tea, and they in her head.
0: Yeah. Um, Quad then ends up arriving and pulling up, so she uh, greets Toya and them in Toya's room. Um, she, she says that her quad says her confessional. it seems like I'm on a good path with everyone in the group and I'm happy to be here to support Toya. I'm like,
2: okay, okay.
0: this is why I don't get behind quad. And I have a problem. Like, I'm like, you're presenting what you're presenting is delusional. And she keeps being like, I thought we squashed a lot of things that happened at the funeral home. I'm like, D I don't think you th- I, I think you believe that you squash things, but that's not what happened. Is the squashed beef in the room with us right now? Exactly. <laughs> um, Toya, when Quad arrives, Toya goes, Toya starts and goes, I honestly didn't think you were coming. I mean, everyone was scrambling because I didn't have a room for you. I mean, like, Heavenly and Phaedra said, absolutely not. Jackie said, fuck no. I'm like, Toya, you, she's five seconds in. Like, that's why I'm like, Toya's the hands aren't clean. No. Even Simone has to be later, like, you're given an attitude. You gotta stop. Like <laughs> we have to make Quad feel comfortable before we kick her
1: out. Essentially, uh, I don't know why y'all had to fly her ass all the way out to California for this, though.
0: Yeah, Toya gives Quad uh, her room key, and Quad goes, "Now where's this toy? Is this in the basement? Did you dig me a hole in the ground?" And Toya goes, uh, or someone goes, "You think Toya would do that to you?" And Quad goes, mm.
1: "Look, you the one to come up out the grave." Yeah. Now, if somebody dug you a hole in the ground, that's on you.
0: Yeah, uh, like so. Quad then goes to her room, and Simone's telling Toya, "You got a little attitude." And Toya says, "Y'all worry, y'all worry me because you're smiling people's faces and then talk behind people's back." I'm like, "Okay, Toya, don't turn on Simone here." But Simone's like, "I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna tell you to her face at the dinner." But like, give her a goddamn second. Like, yeah.
1: Well, but like, Toya's Toya's concern is a valid one, right? Sure. Toya's saying, I can't be fake, and it's concerning that you can be that fake and convincing, and it makes me go, mm, will I ever know when I'm actually about to have a problem with Simone, or will but, it go until until she can't hide it anymore, and then she blows up on me? But
0: you will, though, because Toya, cause Simone's fake voice, like, her sort of, like, she get she deploys it a little later in the dinner as well, in a moment where it's like... Simone, there's there's a way to Simone's voice where she'll talk calmly, but you know it's stern. Like oh, well, You yeah. know it's coming. Like it's about
1: to be a place where she's about to hold your ass to the fucking fire. And if you're wondering what that sounds like, go back and watch pretty much every conversation she had with Cecil before, like two episodes or two seasons ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every conversation.
0: There's a there's a way Simone goes about it. Where if you're close enough with Simone, you know what she's meaning when she's
1: there's venom that pools on the floor under your yeah. feet. <laughs> and you you it's palpable.
0: Uh Jackie and Phaedra end up arriving. And so Phaedra wasn't on the plane with Quad. Toy asked, like, why weren't you on your flight with Quad? And Phaedra Phaedra says, I mean, my baby's birthday was today. I thought my flight was for later. What is that's not what? The, Toya, Fa- or sorry, Toya, Phaedra keeps making up excuses that are just like, again, when Phaedra's mouth is moving, she's lying. It's so obvious. And Toya's like, so it had nothing to do with you and Quad? And Phaedra's like, we're fine. They're not fine. Like, it's, Mm-mm. we'll get Toya to it. They are not fine. Also, whose who's
1: birthday was it?
0: Yeah. Well... <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if a birthday didn't actually exist for one of those boys.
1: That, that's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Uh, Toya calls bullshit in the confessional, but she says that Phaedra basically had already called her after the funeral home and apologized for bringing Quad around as much as she did and sort of like inserting herself, which like, I love Phaedra's like, I'm going to wipe my hands clean of this. I'm going to disappear off into the night in terms of that stuff. Yeah. Um, they're all, oh, they're getting ready to go out to dinner, but before, did you notice Sweet Tea already drinking like straight Crown Royal? Yes. Like, girl! She knocked down like two fingers of it's like, girl. Pace yourself. You're at a winery. You're gonna have uh, yeah, it was crazy.
1: I mean, but that, that crown apple is good.
0: Yeah, yeah. I just not straight. I can't do straight,
1: you yeah. <laughs> know. None of neither of us can do straight. Welcome to a
2: gay.
0: <laughs> <Is that
1: me? laughs> um they head to the dinner. All gay all the time.
0: They head to the dinner that's like outside right like, by the vineyard. They have like violinists and stuff like that. Um before everyone gets there, Jackie tells the group that's there, though, that uh, she's on uh, the day after this, she's going to be talking on a Zoom with Madam Vice President Kamala Harris to talk about black maternal mortality and sort of that stuff. And she's really proud of that, which is a big fucking moment. Like, that's huge. Like you really like both like a couple seasons ago when they were doing the Black Lives Matter stuff, too, like you really feel Jackie's like like Jackie feel again, going back to like the who's the star of the show and who should be getting paid. What Jackie brings a level of right gravitas to this show that like is not matched. And I think even heavenly said it on that live with Carlos King, which was just like, you can bring Kamala Harris around quad. Like, yeah, like that's a big fucking deal. Period. Um, they, everyone else starts to write. Phaedra has to be like door knockers on her titties. <laughs> <laughs> knockers and then, on her knockers. Yeah. Um, you can definitely tell Phaedra's still in house... I was I know, noting this. You can tell Phaedra's still in, like, housewives mode in the sense of, like, how she dresses. And you never realized it until, like, sort of, like, when you see Phaedra with the rest of the girls. Like, the, they, they're not focused on, like, fashions and, like, sort of, like, looking, like... The not the they don't look bad, but like most people at this dinner in like a shawl, like maybe something like not a label or like sort of anything super prominent. Phaedra's like decked out. Her makeup is like fully beat. Like she like it's so interesting to see that juxtaposition.
1: But honestly, Phaedra was the one that pulled Atlanta up to that standard too, in a way. Yeah, because Atlanta was very much the same because Atlanta started. I think people forget that when Phaedra joined Atlanta, there was only a handful of shows on. Yeah. This was in the early days of Housewives. You know, OC only had a couple seasons, you know, New York and New Jersey had just barely started. Atlanta is actually the, the third franchise behind OC and New York. So like people forget that that was back when Housewives was looking like Housewives. Yeah. It was casual clothes. It was, you know, we're just going out for drinks, maybe something cute.
0: Yeah. But I I find it interesting that the married to medicine girls have never had to feel like that. That they've had to match that. They'll do. I mean, they'll turn it out for reunion. I'll say yeah. that. Like, like, you know, they don't I've, slouch in that regard.
1: But like. I will say that. Um, when Contessa was on the show, she did yeah. more of that level of dressing. Yeah, like, that's fair. Um, and, and Quad Quad likes to, and Mariah used to do some of that too.
0: Yeah, here and there. Um, Quad arrives and says hi. To, she's wearing this like sixties mod like dress, which I thought was a weird choice. Like. You know the kind of like really like I it's it's hard, like hard to describe. like the the um above the knee length sort of like and mm-hmm. it was very sixties and yeah. weird. Um Quad uh starts by telling Toya how proud she is of her for what she's doing, even with all the stuff that you know, and I'm happy to, you know, be on this trip to celebrate you and you're laying
1: Toya, that on so thick.
0: Toya just goes, Thank you. <laughs> and they're just like, Okay. Simone just goes, Well, I think that's excellent. I think it's a wonderful thing that you are here to support her. Oh, boy. I think the elephant in the room is addressing your status with the group overall. Here we go! And she goes, especially the OGs. And so, yeah. So then they get into it. Quad basically is like, you know, I've done some things that I probably should have done better. But I also feel that there was not a safe space for me at times. And Simone goes, Quad, you have to stop playing the victim.
1: Like. I did feel like this was a valid concern. This is the, there is not a safe space. Yes. There is not a safe space for me. Falls back into y'all still fuck with Greg. That's yeah. Y'all sat around here and I would not be surprised if there was some lobbying. Mm hmm. To get Greg back on this cast. At the
0: very least, they had to give... I would imagine they would have to have given their approval. Yeah. Of just, like, you know, you're going to be filming with this person again. Yeah. So, I... And I think... Yeah. I think that's... That, again, going back to that part, I very much sympathize with Quad on. Because it is a fucked up thing to do. Um, Qu- But Quad also is never going to... Quad is maintaining after this fact, like, I have no problem with Sweet Tea and Greg. Like, I, you know... You know, congratulations to them. I hope they're happy, blah, 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 blah. But I don't think that's true. I don't think she
1: hates Sweet Tea, maybe necessarily. I don't think that it's necessarily that she has a problem with Sweet Tea and Greg, or Sweet Tea in general. I think it's the fact that nobody consulted her. Yeah. They didn't ask. She was the person who should have been turned to and asked. Because if you remember... There was a scene, I think, last season where they invited Greg out to, like, bowling or something with the guys. I think,
0: yeah, I think so.
1: And they talked about wanting him to come back into the friend group, quote unquote. Right? They, the guys have been wanting him back and that's the for thing a I, while. That's
0: the thing I'm not sure, whether it's simply the influence of the husbands or whether the Simone and Jackie also like Greg more than they like Quad. Well, I think. Or they're just going
1: along. You know what I mean? Sure, but they also knew Greg before they knew Quad. That's the thing. They had just met Quad when the show started. Right. They had known Greg professionally and personally for years prior to that. Right. So, like, while I think there should be some allegiance because of the show. I feel like there's some personal allegiance more to Greg than anything. But even then, the show should have done right by Quad. I agree completely. Yeah. And the girls should have done right by Quad. Whether they were falling out or not, there should have been a discussion to the side. Yeah. Well, like, again,
0: but again, if you're not having if that communication is not continuing throughout, if what it's been it's a long-standing thing that when they're not filming, Quad is not talking to them. Yeah, like if that's the dynamic and that's been the dynamic, I can also understand why they're like, why do we owe Quad anything if she's not going to build a relation, a genuine
1: relationship between us? Sure, but at that point, are then are then we characterizing friendships as transactional? Are we then saying you have to show up for me in order it, for me to be a good friend? I don't to think you? it's
0: even showing up for someone. I just think it's a consistency
1: like like I, sure, but at what point does someone else's behavior determine your morals?: I mean that's a good question. Because to me, the moral thing is to say this person was abusive to you, right, and we are making a decision here. Certain things Trump. Like right. That that not, all else aside, the fact that there is trauma here should have been addressed. Number one.
0: Yeah. But the yeah. So but then so Quad goes. I'm simply saying to you that I thought I would have gotten more support. And then Simone goes. So then I have to then ask, what has changed? Why continue hanging around a group of women you don't feel are safe? You don't feel supported. And I feel like Quad wanted to be like. Cause I got, cause it's my check. Like, like it's just, I think what Simone is trying to say, what she can't say is just like, you're rolling around now because filming started like, you're like, nothing has changed in our dynamic now, but now you want this suddenly because cameras are rolling. Right. Like that's what it feels like. And then Quad goes, I want to be good to y'all and I want y'all to be good to me. And then she goes, right now, I don't have an emotional attachment. I'm trying to get back there with y'all. But as soon as she said that, everyone, you could tell we're just like, what? Like, you're just going to tell us like you have no emotional attachment to us, basically. After a
1: decade?
0: Yeah. It doesn't, you know. Um, Heavenly says her professional, if you don't have any emotional attachment, what are you doing? If you're done, be done. Yeah. Um, and then f- this is where Heavenly, like, tags in and it's just like, Heavenly just bears it all, basically. She goes, my issue is, I still haven't heard from you after I met with you and Phaedra, but then Phaedra tells me that she's not bringing you on the trip. She's very adamant and told you this. Then I hear from you, so it feels like you're using me. So basically, Heavenly de- Details, Phaedra told her that she's not bringing Quad on the trip, that you know, for whatever reason, they have the, a falling out of some sort, That so she's told this to Quad that I'm not bringing you on this trip. And then once Phaedra does that, suddenly Quad calls Heavenly. And it's like, hey sis, how's it going? And Heavenly feels a certain way about it because it's just like.
1: Oh, so you're only calling me because you need some sort of ally so that you can be on this trip because production has told you, you have to be on this. trip, Right.
0: And at the end of the day, that's like, I think Heavenly said, like production brought her on the trip. It wasn't anyone else. Yeah. There was no like.
1: Yeah. Well, and it it's telling when they literally stopped production for a month to get quad back on camera. Right. So, I mean. It's, it's frustrating because it's like, as much as I love Quad and I want her to be here and be part of this group, if you're checked out, be checked out. Right. Like, just leave the show. That's okay. If this show is not right for you anymore, leave.
0: Yeah. F- Quad is basically like, so Phaedra said this to me? And Heavenly's like, yeah, she said it to you. And she basically, I believe that she changed her flight to not be on the same flight as you. Phaedra tells Quad... I was not going to keep inviting you to stuff if it was all this energy, so I made that real clear to you, basically saying I did tell you this. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the truth is on that because I don't know whether I can trust Quad or Phaedra in terms of that dynamic.
1: I feel like Phaedra probably said it in a roundabout way, and Quad would not take that as... What she said.
0: Yeah. Quad says in her confessional that she didn't even know that they, that her and Phaedra weren't cool. And then she goes, I don't need you to bring me around, Phaedra Parks. Park it, Miss Parks. Let's remember how you got into this group on some real shit. Phaedra. Phaedra. No.
1: Phaedra's been fr- friends with these girls for years. Right. But like, if she wanted on I, this show, she could have got on this show. But I think
0: the reason, but I think Quad's saying, let's acknowledge why you are on this show and not on the other show that you used to be on. Let's acknowledge
1: what happened. That could very much be what that is. You know
0: what I'm saying? Like what we were talking about The way that she
1: said it to me was more like you wouldn't be allowed to be on this show if it wasn't for me bringing you on here, which doesn't make sense because Phaedra has been polling very well with the audiences with being on Girls Girls Trip and then with her showing up on Dubai... In the first season and people thinking she might go there. And then, like, people have wanted her back on TV. So she was going to end up somewhere. Right.
0: Heavenly says, my whole thing is don't use me. I'm a very good friend and I've been very solid with you. And even Jackie said, yes, she's using your ass. And Jackie pulls a look like, why am I in it? (laughs) Jackie's like...
1: Well, I mean, I said it, but I didn't say it like that. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Quad says it didn't go down that way. That's what Phaedra said. And and uh, Qu- Heavenly goes, I need you to own what you said. You said this bitch, meaning Phaedra, be lying all the time that she's a whole mess. She said she never dated Gregory. You told us she dated Gregory. And then so Quad basically has to be like, yeah, so Gregory did tell me that you all dated and that y'all were doing good at first, and you asked him for upwards of four thousand dollars a month, and he had to let you go. And everyone just cracks up at the table at the at the concept of this, like what? <laughs> Sweetie says that that's not what Gregory told her. Basically, yeah. But I love Phaedra and her commercial going, "Honey, my purse is ten thousand dollars. So what am I going to do with four? I'm like something. It's still four thousand dollars.
1: Sure, but Phaedra makes Phaedra money." She don't need four thousand dollars a month from Greg.
0: I guess. I yeah. I mean,
1: when was this though? That's my question. Like Because how? that would have been ten That's, years ago. It would have been, been before been, Quad. It would have been no. I think. No. Because ten years ago was still like it was around the same time that her and Apollo started on Atlanta. And they had already been married. Right. So I
0: don't know when. yeah, that, I mean, that's a fair question. Yeah. Heavenly goes, my point is you're a user. You use my friendship. You keep saying we're sisters. And then they start cross talking and sort of like quads being like, I'm not a user, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, heavenly goes, I knew you were going to come with some bullshit Quad, And I'm sick of your shit. And quad goes, fuck your shit. And heavenly goes, fuck my shit. Fuck your shit. <laughs> And so they're just blowing up at each other. And that's how we leave the episode in that sort of, like, nebulous of what's going to happen with this. Uh, and it doesn't look good for Quad.
1: Uh, especially with the preview for next week. Because, oh, yeah. where, where they sit down and go, okay, Quad, now, um, fuck you, go away. Yeah, basically.
0: <laughs> oh, God. But, yeah, Married to Medicine, really good stuff as always. Love
1: and Married to Medicine. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got Hoville, we got Potomac, and we got married to Medicine. What are you thinking, babe?
0: Uh, I'll start with my top for this week. I'm going to give it to Bobby Lights again over on uh, uh, Hoville, Hoville, (laughs) Uh, House of Villains. Um, I love Bobby. I I really have, like, what you may have set aside about, like, possible stuff outside the show, I don't even know. Yeah. I'm just forgetting
1: about it. I've only heard whispers. Yeah.
0: But just in terms of the entertainment factor on this show— fucking hilarious he was making me laugh throughout like the last two episodes like thoroughly i was so excited anytime he would like appear on the screen because i knew it was gonna be something funny um yeah just a really big character you know and great to see like somebody who i didn't really know much of like going into this show like be a character and it wasn't just the tiffany's and Almorosas and all that stuff like they brought it just as much um so yeah that'll be my top my bottom i'm gonna give it to giselle I really think that we figured out the, that Giselle is the problem. Yeah. And I don't think like, and that doesn't mean, here's the, I don't think that means Robin should necessarily stay because I still maintain that. I think she doesn't bring a lot to this show necessarily outside of the wand stuff mm-hmm. in many ways. But I- yeah Giselle really is the problem in terms of this group, in terms of the functionality of it in terms of moving things forward and not holding grudges and and one thing for you also to hold grudges, but then to force other people to hold grudges on top of that I just I'm not a fan of it, and I don't find her contributions to be entertaining I don't find them funny, I think she's just really an antagonist in sort of not the best way yeah there's good antagonists and i don't i don't see that in her at least how she's operating this season yeah that's my
1: view uh what about you babe what are your tops and bottoms for the week i'm gonna start with my bottom okay um my bottom is going to someone who i really expected a lot from and it's just really under delivered and that's fucking johnny fairplay yeah, okay. He's kind of flopping. Yeah. Like, a little bit of a flop. Like I I have not seen every season of Survivor. We have seen a good deal of it. Um, but I don't think I've ever seen Fair Play season, any season that he's been on. Right. Um and he's like held as like this great game player and strategist and like the this just like All this stuff, and then to see him finally in action, and it's this? Yeah. It's this toothless, nebulous thing? I I don't get it. Yeah, I think it's a a
0: lot of misremembering of him as a really great game player, as opposed to being a good character. Like, that's sort of like...
1: It could very well be, but I just... This is not the fair play I will was expecting yeah um i was expecting i was expecting teeth i was expecting grit i was expecting balls to the wall yeah this ain't it maybe that's like over representation of him elsewhere maybe that's not really on him but at the end of the day i'm disappointed yeah um so that's that's where we are with that My top for the week is also going to be a little surprising, I think. And that's going to go to Heavenly. Yeah. Okay. All right. I thought she really brought it here. Heavenly, a lot of times, just spews a bunch of shit and sees what sticks. Yeah. She was laser focused in this fight. She was absolutely like. On Quad's neck. Like, not letting up. She's not going to let her have a second. Mm -hmm. Because she knows that if she does, Quad is very good at twisting things. Say what you will about Quad being right in some of these situations or not. Quad is a master manipulator when it comes to an argument. Yeah. And Heavenly knows that. She's not going to give her a moment to take control of the conversation. And... She masterfully, like, stays in control, stays concise, doesn't get hysterical, which she sometimes can do in these fights. She planned. And, like, that's it's really impressive on these shows to actually come in, have a plan, and stick to it. And you see it actually, like, working. Like, it's working the way it was supposed to. And it's going off kind of without a hitch. And, like, it's just, it's really impressive to see. And it's impressive to see, especially, like, the growth of Heavenly and how she kind of has behaved over the years. And, like, coming to this place where she's really kind of showing us a side of her that we haven't seen before. Yeah. We don't usually get this laser focus from her I don't know. It's just, it really impressed me and I had a lot of fun watching it. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of a gay and his envy. Join
0: us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening and check us out on our social media at a gay and his envy on
1: all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out.
0: out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron media podcast network.